Something wicked this way comes. Hey, we're back with Anime Was Not a Mistake uh, with another spinoff that you guys and gals and in-betweens might be interested in. Mm-hmm. Ooh, we hope so. At different. Least, yeah. I, of course, am uh, Judge, Jury, and Executioner Jonathan Kwiatkowski, joined as always by... Um, something from Persona, Dan Ryan. Uh, uh, yeah. Yes, of course. <laughs> um, but uh, we just finished our Pokemon first trilogy movie rewatch to lauds of applause. <laughs> lauded success well i would hope so I, again i don't i don't see the metrics but hopefully I mean, hopefully people enjoyed it i think yeah, people it was, like it because yeah. uh you know that appeals to a lot of the 90s kids nostalgia <laughs> that we were born and bred in yeah. so i'm happy we did it and i doubt that'll be the last time pokemon comes up on this little humble anime podcast certainly not mm. certainly not mm. but as i said we've got a, a special treat in store for you that we're starting you know when we zig we zag mm-hmm. we love to throw a curveball to the audience but uh we hope you enjoy because uh dan and i you know we we like movies that are adjacent we do like movies yeah <laughs> um thank you marge and this isn't so much as we have we have uh plenty of stuff coming but yes. we're easily distracted <laughs> so when we we thought about doing this we were like we had the thought and then we're just gonna we're gonna do it mm. so Hopefully, hopefully everyone enjoys it. Yeah. That's, you know. Hopefully it'll be like the 30 Rock Live show that's on the East Coast and not the <laughs> West Coast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it'll be good, I hope, nonetheless. Uh, before we get that, we've had an action-packed week full of anime-adjacent and video game yeah. uh, predominated news this week. Um, so shall we go round robin? Um, I'm going to take your topic first because it's first on my topic. Do- docket. Um, WandaVision classic wonderful tv um dan of course has brought up this point to me as um he knows i'm not interested in marvel in the least but i think the show is damn good it is it, it is it is some of the best stuff that i've seen from from I, I, marvel or any kind of superhero property in a long time mm. and that is you know like there's a lot of uh internet talk about whether or not this whole marvel this whole MCU experiment has been a bad thing, but it has it has legitimately produced some of the most entertaining like genre stuff mm-hmm. in in a long time yeah. because every time that they have seemingly stumbled into like a chasm that other film franchises don't come out of, mm-hmm. I'm looking at some of my faves, but they they come out of it and they they kind of start experimenting, they move into things like this where they let people like elizabeth olsen and paul bettany like 
yeah. actually exercise their like acting chops and everything and they you know eight years ago or so this would be a hard sell to mm -hmm. people you know you're gonna have a streaming service and there's gonna be an eight episode thing centered around is it eight episodes oh nine episodes oh, nine. i apologize it's um, weird that it's nine because i've been debating back and forth but it it's technically 10 because one of them's like an hour 30 i think so I, it rounds yeah. up to that but yeah who, what do i know continue Dan. Oh, no, but yeah. it's just like, you know, that, you know, we're going to make a, a television series based around, you know, if you were just watching the MCU, this was like a, you know, a, a classic Avengers character, Wanda and Quicksilver. They were introduced in Age of Ultron, and they, they haven't gotten to do a whole lot. Like, you know, they, they've had their own, well, Wanda had her own character mm -hmm. arcs going on, but it, it, just the fact that characters like her and eventually falcon when that premieres and everything like i i just love it like i i i know that that film snobs will never well, get on board of speaking uh, as a film snob myself but like, you're not a snob you're not mm, mean about it you're not to your face dan you're, you're not like <laughs> Who you think writes the letters dan <laughs> well i mean but me <laughs> and, but, but the, audience, the audience also knows with with Miko Miko look Miku yep. looking well, over your shoulder, who stumbling. Uh, <laughs> you know, you you can't completely you know speak against pop culture, yeah. but it's it's like yeah. I, like I, you know, this whole setup is everything that child me would have dreamed of. No, and I I mean. If this would have been around when I was a youth, when the the Marvel boom happened, I mean, I, I've seen a lot of those movies, but mm -hmm. I've never been invested in it. But uh, I like the references. I I never get emotional during anything, and mm -hmm. this stupid storyline of yeah. Wanda watching classic TV shows in Soviet Russia yeah. destroyed me. <laughs> no, but it's like you know she's using media to to, to yeah. help her through. Like, and then Catherine Hahn has that exact line, like, oh, using media to cover up your boo-boos, huh? And I'm like, yeah. oh, <laughs> I felt seen. You know, and, and Vision dropping that line about how grief is love persevering, oh and I'm God. like, oh, yeah. that's, that's, I... that's a superhero robot <laughs> saying, and, you know, and that's, but that's, this has its place in the grand scheme of mm -hmm. things, and, and again, like, I will never shit talk this entire process, because this is, you know, considering the my other interests over the years have been, like, Godzilla and Star Wars, Marvel is the only thing that has kept its promises. Like, mm -hmm. if it, it, it teases things, it and it introduces yeah. things, and then it actually uses those things for stories. Mm. And it's like, you know, that's all I, I ask that someone somewhere have a spreadsheet of things that have been introduced, mm -hmm. and then you don't forget to put those in later, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that's, you know, I I would have no problem with this going on forever, quite mm -hmm. frankly. Like it's this this MCU stuff, but but roundabout way, Wandavision is 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 phenomenal. No, so. and I'm appreciative of it. I just like that it's on Disney Plus. I like that it's exposing me to the other side of the Marvel comics, and it's may have got me interested in reading like the Scarlet Witch, you know. Mm -hmm. The House whatever. of M? The, that whatever whole, that yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. sure. <laughs> if Dan could be my guide along there. Yeah. Um, but I'd be interested because I, I just feel like there's something here that merits the use yeah. in, in my life. Um, but I talked about WandaVision. Anything happened to you this week aside from the big thing that we should save for last? 
Um, well, I guess the next thing I'll bring up, because it's anime-adjacent, mm. closest thing I have to anime-adjacent, I watched The NeverEnding Man on HBO Max, hmm. uh, the the uh, Miyazaki documentary. Uh, oh, I didn't know that was the thing. Um, <laughs> it, yeah, it was, it's covering, it, it covers the process of him making uh, the Borrow the Caterpillar short that I think hmm. went up in the Ghibli Museum. Ah. Uh, like, that's the context that... I, I haven't looked into it production-wise, like, who it was that was filming or making the documentary. Mm. But it basically follows him through, like, getting the studio back open to make this short film for the uh, the museum. And it's going to be with CGI, so he brings in a lot of, like, youngsters who are good with... Aside you know, from Goro. Aside from Goro. <laughs> um... <laughs> Why I I don't believe is mentioned, but uh, he you know brings in these these people who are experienced with CGI, and it's like him, it, uh, similar to like uh, that the other documentary that we watched previously. There's a lot of moments where it's like most of it is 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 him in his bitter. in yeah. his uh, uh, atelier, like smoking <laughs> and musing on how old age is is is, uh, is I, you know I understand <laughs> taking completely. its toll on him, and he's uh, you know he's too old to be doing things, but then no, he's too old to not be. Name. Yeah, his anime mistake was anime mistake. I ponder, you know, and, and it and the the whole arc of of the the documentary is him deciding to come back into animation with the upcoming like the film that were yeah, i think is coming out this year or next year mm -hmm. uh, so it's the it's it, that's it's going to be a traditionally animated one yeah. and i i think the the whole point of the documentary is um that you know it 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 builds up to him deciding that i'm going to make at least one more traditionally mm -hmm. animated movie and it's it's just it's you know he he is is you know him and and Walt Disney like i i never get tired of like hearing more stories and and things about like <laughs> you know the good things i the hope. good well well yeah. well good and bad like yeah. good and bad you yeah. know like what makes these people tick and it's mm. i mean especially what we do on this podcast here is like you know we we owe this yeah. platform to him and then mm -hmm. uh, you know and it, it's just it's it's a, it's a really fascinating documentary it, it follows it definitely follows up on a lot of things that the other documentary the older one touched on mm -hmm. like his perfectionism and how he didn't have like uh anyone to take over the studio mm -hmm. because he had frightened away all of his potential successors more or less mm -hmm. and it in it contrasts with him you know, joking about that, but then going back to him, like, disciplining animators who had made mistakes in, in terms of how the character models are moving and everything like that, and mm -hmm. it, you know, and he's, in the whole thing is with this Boro the Caterpillar short, it's, it, I mean, from what we see, you know, over his shoulder, it looks pretty amazing, like, it mm -hmm. looks like, uh, you know, 3D models overlaid with hand-drawn exteriors. Cool. So the, the motion is very fluid, but the Ghibli look is there. Mm. And Miyazaki being, like, the disapproving dad never expresses yeah. positivity about it. Yeah. He's just kind of like... I think by the end of the of the documentary, he gets to a point where it's like, I, well, it's amazing, I've never seen anything like it. Mm. But then, you know... Prior to that, he goes home. He has the crunchy exterior. He, yeah. He's talking to to like Suzuki, and he's like, "This is a train wreck. I I cannot show this to <laughs> the public. They will, you know." And, and he, 
and, and it's interesting. Like he's he's very he's obviously his perfectionism has not mm-hmm. gone anywhere, and it, it's just it, it it very much feels like a follow up to like the Kingdom of Dreams and Madness or yeah. whatever. Like no, it, that, it, I think that's the title exactly. Dan. Like it it follows on from those themes. Like him and in Toshio are like mm-hmm. talking back and forth, and and Toshio is like he's just he's worried that he won't be able to work his magic one of these, and it, and it's like you know he he's. And again, I just I love the insights into no, into like creators like this, mm-hmm. and and you know he's the the shots of him sitting there drawing, and then he's like, no, this is, and then he throws it away, and you see that he has like a crate filled with rejected mm. sketches that he's just been, you know, it, it, it's fascinating. Mm. So I I would certainly, you know, to those of us who are are Ghibli fans, I definitely recommend it. It's on HBO Max at the moment. That's where I saw it, but... Um, In adjoining that, not on my docket initially, but you brought the thought to mind, uh, did I mention Earwig on this? Uh, We didn't didn't talk about it, no. (sighs) I'm gonna keep it brief. (sighs) I (laughs) did not like it. We're probably gonna have to return to it if we're gonna, you know, hold up our Ghibli roots. Well, yeah, I would assume, yeah. It was such a non-movie, Dan. It was also for free on HBO Max, you know, and I've stolen that HBO Max account. <laughs> and even then, I was like, am I doing a misdeed and watching this? Oh, it was not good, Dan. It wasn't good at all. <laughs> yeah, well, that was that was made for TV, right? But still. Well, no, 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 I'm yeah, not, not yeah. excusing it. No, no, good things have been, uh, you know, made for, I'm, I'm just saying that I, I... Like, nothing happened in that movie, and I was very upset by it. Was well, the animation okay? Or? No. Oh. <laughs> that's oh all. I can, well, that's all I could say for now because I think we're going to return to it. But man, Goro's in the doghouse is what I can only say about that. Yeah, Goro's got to keep falling on his sword here to make sure oh that uh, he, he he. I mean, we all get the same amount of time. Maybe Goro can make a good movie. Just. <laughs> Well, because isn't the the vibe that we were discussing with that that it was like a way to make some extra cheddar cheese before the 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 new per- like if not I that- paid for a ticket to this movie I'd be upset. Well, yeah, but I I don't I don't I assumed it was just I mean not that the, I don't know how much money they need because I think alone Totoro merch still <laughs> still sells gangbusters you know and something is keeping the lights on at the museum mm. so I would assume that they have they have folded money but I I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But we will cover it. Yeah. I, inevitably, we will cover it. I'm going to need a lot of alcohol that day. <laughs> You're going to need to spearhead this. <laughs> He's all dried out. Yes. <laughs> so dry. Uh, someday. Well, anyways, Jonathan Video Game Corner of the Week. Two big games came out in my spheres this yes. week that I'm going to briefly talk about because I've only briefly played them because I went through a depressive spiral, which... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, alleviated itself yesterday, so I was able to play some of it. I'm only on the prologue of both of these games, but Persona 5 Strikers, amazing. It's kind of taking the uh, Dynasty Warriors thing, but putting a unique spin on it that makes it fun mm-hmm. and uh, actually interesting because I notably hate those games because I think they're so repetitive. But the Persona 5 cast adds a unique charm. Uh, this takes place after the events of the per- Persona 5 Vanilla Edition, not Royal. Royal isn't considered in the canon for mm-hmm. some reason. 
Um, I think because this was probably in development along the same times that Royal came out. Yeah. But I, I think it's fun. It's a lot more leisurely. Um, if grinding is your thing, which it's my thing. <laughs> I, I love to grind and we'll get to my next name <laughs> game on the, the, the grinding scale. But uh, it allows you to pause in dungeons and then resume. Mm-hmm. So there's no time going forward in the story. It's a unique summer vacation with an AI that's come to life. Um, it's very adorable in anime. So I think it would be right up your alley if you ever finish persona 5 or persona 5 royal mm-hmm. um it, it just feels like a, a soul kind of you know spiritual successor yeah yeah um, so i think they've done a good job but like i said i'm only in the prologue where a pop idol by the name of alice <laughs> has had her heart corrupted and i went hmm <laughs> is this a character after mine own heart <laughs> will you go into wonderland then? <laughs> um and then the big boy bravely default to yeah, how is it I love it, but it, it's not everyone's cup of tea. Bravely is my second favorite series behind Kingdom Hearts, so that series is after my own heart. Uh, no pun intended there. But it's interesting. It's a lot slower. It doesn't have the characters that grab me like Ong Yes Oblige or <laughs> well, Adele. Who could, who could dethrone Ong Yes Oblige? <laughs> but I haven't been spoiled and I'm not going to be spoiled. And yeah. I can't update you week on week because I'm in the prologue and they give you four jobs to grind. I'm like, well, guess I'm going to sit back and grind these jobs to mm-hmm. the maximum level during the prologue instead of continuing the story like a normal person would. Because that's the kind of, uh, you know, life I lead, Dan. And it's not a good life to lead, but... Well, that's how you play games. I, that's well, how, I mean, it's you, not how a that, lot of people Well, no, that's games, how you yeah. play yeah, it. Yeah, yes. that's, uh, that's I, not how I, I can't do that. My as, OCD <laughs> gets upset if the characters aren't, like, max-leveled, whatever, uh, during the prologue. So I have to sit back and grind. Um, but I'm enjoying it. It's a game that I can put on a podcast and, you know, until the characters start speaking and they're stupid... <laughs> high english multiple accents world which i love because it's corny and cheesy and it's very rpg but in tangent to spoilers uh, i know that was the longest sentence ever um apparently uh i didn't see anything but it does hold up to the original canon in a way they mm-hmm. do something to like invest this into the original storyline which i'm appreciative of yeah um, if that makes any sense uh, play bravely default and bravely second <laughs> yeah i mean i mean i have i have yeah. I've seen, like... Uh, that would be I, my dream Switch port, along with Kid Icarus nowadays. Port yeah. Them. <laughs> that would, well, I mean, if we can say it on this podcast and will it into existence, we, yeah. we've done that with Link's Awakening and Skyward Sword so far, so... Metopia yeah. can get a port. Why not those games? Um... But I mean, I yeah, I've heard, I've heard that every you know, it's not everyone's cup of tea for no. the second one so far. Like, well, I don't, no, I don't know the, why, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I don't know, yeah. you know. And you sent me those Mr. Clemps reviews that yeah. I've been I've been enjoying his mm-hmm. his takes on RPGs explaining mostly, yeah. bravely and mm-hmm. um I forget that I forgot I forgot that bravely second was a thing <laughs> for a little but I I the now under, I remember <laughs> underappreciated gem bravely second I love that game so much mm-hmm. and it takes away the foibles of the first but uh, I've talked too much what else do you have to say Dan this week. Um, well, we got Final Fantasy VII Remake Intergrade. Yes. Um, which is bringing, uh, Yuffie back into the mix. Mm. Uh, she's got her little, uh, Moogle Moogle. costume. Moogle poncho. She's looking for Materia. She's got her samurai friend. Vice is in there. (laughs) Dan, you're taking the notes right out of my mouth. From Um, Dirge of Cyberus. (laughs) Dirge of Cyberus, uh, is in there. There's a mobile game retailing all of the final fantasy 7 canon which i i won't be playing but all the power to you if you can stand mobile games 
I can't most of the time. Like, I even for, I'm on my phone enough. E even for, like, shit that I desperately wanted to enjoy, like, you know, um, like, Pokemon Masters or whatever, and then the, like, Knights of the Old Republic port, or, like, I, I want to, but it, it definitely wears on you after a while. Mm -hmm. But, it's like, you know, the entire Final Fantasy VII compendium, like, yeah. the whole thing, like, <laughs> before Crisis... <laughs> Before Crisis. Crisis Core, <laughs> Dirge of Cerberus, uh, you know, all of the crises are in there. And then prequels, so I'm like, that's that's interesting. Like, they're at least <clears throat> not forgetting about that content, I guess. I don't think so. they'll ever forget about FF7 if I was Squeenix. But they can milk it, and they do in a way that intrigues me. Yeah. Um, I'm very appreciative for the FF7 graphics remake, even though I thought it was beautiful on the PS4 Pro. As did I, yeah. Uh, apparently they fixed a lot of lighting things, and it's a free update, which I'll believe it when I see it, Squeenix. I think yeah. there's going to be a charge somewhere. If not, it's probably going to be for the DLC. I think that's, in fact, revealed. So Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I'm assuming Episode Yuffie is yeah. paid DLC. But... I will return to it, though, because yeah. I loved FF7 Remake, and this looks like it's going to be a good time. It, it made some people angry, but that was legitimately my favorite game of, of, of this... last, last mm -hmm. year. Like, that was... I don't know, it just hit all the right buttons, and I... I, I understand that that the, the the controversy surrounding the story, but like I I I loved that twist on things. As like Arceus I, would say, they're doing it justice. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's it's I don't know. It, I I I don't know. It was just it was just great. Yeah, I, yeah. No, it, it struck you. That, that's the first time you've experienced that, you right? Know, and yeah. Folks like Yuffie are coming back, and 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 that you know, I would assume then that well, um, when we get Sid, Dan's gonna have a heart attack. Yeah. So <laughs> it, it, it's I I'm I'm here for the ride. So mm -hmm. um, also revealed in that state of play, which we got this week, mm -hmm. we've got two video game, con not conferences, like video presentations this yes. week. Um, Deathloop looks amazing as mm -hmm. always. I know you like that game, so I yeah. wanted to give it a shout out. Um, it's got a very James Bond style theme that's like this is the Deathloop. <laughs> oh yeah, no that yeah. that 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 looks amazing uh, yeah. with like Bioshock vibes in yeah. there too, like yeah. the way that it the the atmosphere comes off. But I'm looking forward to that. And then as if Pixar's made a video game, Kena Bridge of Spirits is my next on the list. That's supposedly only going to be forty dollars. Which a lot of people are excited about, but I'm like, is this game short then? Mm -hmm. um, but it looks intriguing. Looks like Pixar made a video game. So yeah. I, I'm into that. I'm glad we got that. And the last thing on my docket, Dan, of course, is the thing I've reserved for the Pokemon PhD Master. Mm -hmm. in a little... Well, we got a big one. We got, we got a direct with uh, some more information on Snap. Mm. Uh, the reveal of Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, the remakes of, of DP, and mm. then uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus, mm. which seems to be a a Breath of the Wild-style open-world game mm. set in Feudal Sinnoh um, that is like a prequel to the rest of the Pokemon world. Yeah, and I felt Dan <laughs> sigh a great relief yeah. across the New Jersey area. Certainly, I I I was worried. You, you know, I I was. It was a it was an abstract worry because, like, as we remember last time, uh, as emphasized by 
my Blu-ray set. Mm-hmm. Uh, the stuff for the 20th anniversary was very rushed. Like, it was, uh, like, you know, Gen 6 had to just dead end, and then they had to get Sun and Moon announced, you know, for the 3DS, um, for the 20th anniversary, and I'm like, are they going to just railroad straight into Gen 9 for the sake of the 25th anniversary? Mm. And they did not. We're getting double Sinnoh. We're getting, we're getting two forms of, (laughs) two wieners, we're getting two (laughs) forms of, of Sinnoh content, and one of which is like the Link's Awakening style chibi. Well, see, I, I I take pause. It is chibi style, but Link's Awakening and we'll no, is beautiful. Yeah, is this beautiful. is not. This yet. is not yet. Yeah. yeah, that would be my one. You know, stick in the craw because yeah. I didn't realize how much I love Sinnoh, or at least Diamond and Pearl and Platinum. Until then, until now, I was like, oh, there's a lot of good Pokemon. I love the remake. I wanted the sprites back. You've known that forever. Yes. So they technically kind of gave me that top-down perspective that I wanted, but. They need to work on the polish a bit, baby. They do. Yeah. They they do, and pe- people who have, you know, do, like, visual edits online have done, th- like, <laughs> they, they you know, like, darken the outlines mm-hmm. a bit, you know, make the colors pop a little bit. Like, there's, there's, and I'm hoping that by the, the time we get to the final product that that yeah. will be showcased. Mm-hmm. Um, but I... There's all these things to consider. We're in we're in yeah. uncharted territory with this <laughs> with this. Seas. And it's like we know that Game Freak in the past has not been the best at programming. No. They've not they've not always, you know, done things efficiently. So maybe now that they are investing their energy into Legends mm-hmm. and then they, you know, they sent Matsuda over to this other third-party developer to do you know, the DP remakes. Mm-hmm. Like it gives me hope that I don't want to have that those DP remakes will have all of the content of the original games and Platinum restored into them. Yeah. Because the the whole vibe that we've gotten with, with like, you know, with, with Oris was like, you know, kids these days with their phones don't want to <laughs> use the Battle Frontier, but then it's like... No, from a programming perspective, it was probably easier to copy-paste the Maison into that island mm-hmm. because instead of, you know, rendering the battle frontier. That's a maison. And, and, <laughs> For all you French natives. <laughs> and my hope is that if they don't have to worry about time constraints like that, if it, if this is literally just a third party upscaling the original look of Sinnoh into a new game... All of those algorithms are there. Yeah. All of that scenery is there. Mm. Just for the love of God, don't cut content. Like, like don't like. Yeah. That's that's what I, I think. Ask. I think Dan and I are in the same camp with that. Like, don't cut content. In fact, add content to the yeah. game because they're listening. Because obviously, they heard we want a remake that follows the similar look and feel of the original games. Yeah, if not a direct port of it on the Switch, because that would yeah. make sense and probably sell just as well. Um, but I, I'm invested, I'm hopeful, <laughs> and I'm intrigued by what Pokemon Origins Arceus, um, proposes. Yeah, it's... I'm not disappointed. It, I mean, it's got, like, the, uh, what is it, the ARG combat, like, Final Fantasy uses, mm, it, 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 I, a, I a mix that, of, it, yeah. uh, or the, um... I got that wrong, but it, it, it's that active time. It's like a live action RPG. Yeah. Or, yeah. 
and, and real time RPG. Y- you know, and I'm assuming like just just knowing how I think Game Freak does things, it's like okay, yeah. it's set in this feudal Japan setting because they don't have to render buildings. Yeah, then. and I've heard that a lot of people are like complaining that the game looks empty, and and that's. Yeah. You know, you can you can figure out ways of like Breath of the Wild. If you did like a vertical slice, mm-hmm. you would think this is just wilderness. But then you get into the nitty gritty, yeah. and it's like yeah. there is something to do around every corner, and that's what I think we all hope mm-hmm. that that Legends game is going to be. That it's not going to be, mm-hmm. y- you know. But there, there's <laughs> always there's always worries like i like i i am excited to try legends just for the sake of it being something oh, new yeah. w- where my main stress lies is is that the the dp remakes will be worse games than their original counterparts <laughs> because yeah. they're not graphically changing too much and you know like that's that's my concern and because... we don't know the compatibility with like the other gens yet yeah either, which game freak doesn't have a good track record on and you know and 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 in terms of of downsides i love when the remakes come out all the updated art assets mm-hmm. like that's been that's been a major draw for me for each of these like new things and that's not it's not spoiling it for me it's just like you know maybe we're hitting that point where what we saw in the original games actually matched what they wanted to do like the the gen like the art style for gens one through three like maybe they couldn't represent things as well as they wanted to so mm-hmm. then when they went back and remade them everything got updated to its mm-hmm. its final look ish, yeah. um, but you know I'm okay with that if it if it means that we just don't have cut content like I that's that's the main thing for mm-hmm. me like I mm-hmm. I don't want um. You don't want another Battle Frontier mishap. Yeah. And, or, no, was it Sun and Moon that the only post-game was, like, Mewtwo in a cave? That was X and Y. Well, X and... I hate those games. Gen... (laughs) Gen 6 had to have suffered the most from Time Crunch, because there is so much that that is not, like, resolved, and it's... And even even in Sun and Moon and Sword and Shield, there's there's stuff that just dead ends. Mm. There's stuff that is... is kind of removed for no apparent reason mm-hmm. like like they're so, someone was 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 scooping around in the in the sword and shield files mm-hmm. and they found that on one of those big british viaducts that galar has yes. there was supposed to be like a colossus shaped like a toxicity mm. and it was supposed to be like behind like the viaduct so like holding the, it up yeah like when the when the player character is walking across it yeah. you'll get like this panoramic view of this gigantic toxicity which statue. they did in gen 5 it's like yeah I, I i mean i hate to interrupt again and dan and i can talk hours about the pokemon franchise yeah. i'm sure but to hit such a high of gen 5 with black and white and black and white 2 with like that story extra features legendaries expanded pokedex and then to just hit that stopper of X and Y. It affected me, Dan. Like, yeah. It it mean it tainted my love for the series. Well, and I'm sure it did that for a lot of people. I'm mm-hmm. sure it. I, I like I. You know, I've I put blinders on for the Pokemon franchise, obviously a lot. But mm-hmm. even I, <laughs> I, like I'm still kind of cheesed about the whole Battlefront. Like that was, that was like literally, <laughs> you know, like Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire. 
They d- go- it tried. Like, it, Oris tried. Yeah, it, it tried, yeah. and it's like, we're implying that the Emerald stuff happens, but we're not gonna show it. Yeah. And it's, it's like, it feels like one of those things where, like... You know, like a theme park ride that's not complete the day mm-hmm. the theme park opens, and it's like, pardon our dust. <laughs> Your you know. Sim City amusement park goes to ruin. <laughs> and it's just like I, like I would hope that for this trade off of of it getting less of like a like a pomp and circumstance, like you know, because that's that's how I expect. Sadly, that's how I expect Game Freak to do things. Yeah. Like when we're going into the and I and I promise I'll wrap this up. No, I... when we're when we're when we're going into you know what people were theorizing about these remakes, the the general consensus was that it was going to be Sinnoh in Sword and Shield graphics, and then the Galarians would have helped Sinnoh build stadiums to do the Dynamax thing. They would have integrated that. They would have forced that into the story, and then you would have gotten the bare-bones DP experience missing stuff, and then with a copy-pasted battle tower, and then an Arceus, like, Statue. post-game yeah. episode yeah. or something. <laughs> um, and I'm like, okay, we're not getting that. We're, we don't we're, we don't have to worry about that. Mm. But what are we going to get yeah. instead no, of that? And that's my greatest worry, too. Yeah. Like, if you... I mean, they better speed it up first, because Diamond and Pearl, slowest games in the series. Yes. And I, I think they will do that, but what will they cut, Dan? What will they cut? Yeah. That's what I'm, my, my biggest fear. That's, that's, the, that's the point of hesitation, because, you know, Gen 4 was still at that time when, I, I mean, if anything, Gen 4 was probably one of the peaks of post-game stuff. Yeah, yeah. It has that whole little battle zone area up there, mm-hmm. the frontier. And, and it, they it, did in the trailer, they had, like, the union room, they had the underground in yes. there. So I'm happy to see them included, but... Better have that post game. Need that post game, <laughs> homie. We're at the battle frontier, <laughs> and it does. It, even if it's not a one for one clone dropped in there, yeah. just something. Yeah. Don't have that be like an empty, like parking lot. <laughs> that's well, whoops, my bad. Uh, Coming you know, soon. That's like, oh, it's the Galar battle. T- we, you mm. know, we relocated here to save taxes. Like, I, I, you know, just, just, just. Put something else there. Like, do something, you know. That's, <laughs> no, that's, that's all I agree. ask. No. That's all I ask. Huh? But, I, but I'm but i looking forward to it. Gonna mm-hmm. go with Chimchar. Gonna, gonna go... Uh, you oh, know, see, now, interesting enough, I'm not gonna pick Turtwig, I feel, because I've never picked Piplub, even though Piplub fits my persona. Of course. Um, I do love Turtwig. I love Torterra mm-hmm. with all my heart, but I think I'm gonna give it over to that. And then I have to ask, what's your origin story gonna be? Because I'm curious... <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah. I, my heart says Cyndaquil, mm-hmm. and then Oshawott's close second. Hmm. See, my heart says Rowlet, mm-hmm. because I, I feel like I didn't give him enough love because I, I threw Sun and Moon aside. I was just like, I hate you. Go away. <laughs> um. But my heart, I mean, Cyndaquil, I'm happy he's there. Like, yeah. Or they're there. Not to gender my Cyndaquil. But um, I love him. Mm-hmm. And he was my first gold and silver starter, mm-hmm. but I think I've never started with Oshawott either, so that would be my second choice as well. Yeah, I like I, I like I like that too. Yeah. I like that, you and know. I like what they're doing with like the ancient, like you know, uh, archer samurai, and then apparently fireworks is what they're going for. Yeah, well, I, I've always associated Cyndaquil with like because Jota, like like yeah. the kindling, like yeah. the so yeah. it's like it's like. 
I, I don't know, like, fire... Um, fire rats. Not fire, like, uh... People using, starting to, like, the industrial revolution yeah. stuff, and then ninja samurai. So I'm like, cool, that's that's perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. More of that. That's, mm. you know. But I'm glad that all three of them get time to shine again. Mm. But I'm not sure yet. I, I'm leaning towards Cyndaquil, because I haven't used Cyndaquil Forever. in ages. me neither. But Oshawott is my weeb samurai boy, mm. and, you know, maybe we'll see, I mean, we'll see what kind of team building we can do in this game. Like, yeah. we'll see who's there, and, you mm. know, what mm. happens, but... Always interesting to know. Yeah. Um, I know we haven't had one in a while, and we don't have to have one now. I always have to pose the question, though. Do we have a tangent? Uh, my tangent is technically related to what our episode is, so mm. we would have to unveil <laughs> that first, All and right. then I can do my tangent. Okay, so I guess we're going to unveil what's happening, and please help me, as this is the first time we're doing so. Mm -hmm. uh, forgive the foibles and uh, uh, misconstructs that we may give. Uh, Dan and I have proposed uh, a surtitle, Sinister Six. Yes. Where we take six or so bad movies every time this pops up on our timeline, uh, three of which I will pick, three of which Dan will pick, and the opposite picking one another's pick, if yes. that makes any sense. Uh, but there will always be six movies in the pot that we deem bad or so bad it's good, or just, you know, something along the lines of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and that... Uh, for this Sinister Six thing, I figured, um, my tangent would be, uh, we're, you know, uh, we should talk about what we're not going to do here. Mm. Um, this, with the Sinister Six, since, you know, you know, for the two episodes that we're going to be doing this, yeah. we're going to be picking these at random. Yes. So we're not going to be coming to the table with the, A lot of the exhaustive notes <laughs> that we would usually take for... You know, movies that <laughs> for we, three episodes of anime. <laughs> yeah, the, the, for movies, movies that were that were you know, but but yeah. you know, things that we uh, sincerely care about covering in that level of detail. Yeah, this is inspired um, by like MST3K, yeah. um, Half in the Bag, other things where they watch bad movies and just talk on the fly. That's, exactly, that's the feelings I want. I did take brief, brief, brief like mm -hmm. plot synopsis notes, but that's only to like help me because that's the way I am. Yeah. yeah, and and that's and that's like so it's going to be more casual in like the front end here, but mm -hmm. by the time we get to talking about the movie, I'm yeah, assuming I want us to go ham. Yeah, I want us to murder. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's the the trade off that we're that mm -hmm. we're going to be doing with this, you know. But that being said, like from from my perspective, like a few things that I promise that I'm not going to bring to the table mm. for my pot. Um, <laughs> I've I've talked about and gotten a lot of larfs about the the Zack Snyder Superman movies. Mm, too long. Those those are are things that I <laughs> precious gems for Dan. <laughs> though yeah no, if I did those, yeah. even in a mocking context, yeah. if I did those, I would need more time. Like yeah. I would need. No, I I understand. Like we want to go whole ham on them. Yeah. Um, um. And I would have to say, in conjunction with that, like there's things here that I would pick that I consider a bad movie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That Dan might be like, oh, this is an Oscar winner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Um, just bear with us because we're two different personalities. But I think like these bad movies will reveal a lot about us over the course of the Sinister yeah. Six events. And, yeah. and that's and that's like the the movies that we're bringing to the table for these ones. I like I would assume we're doing to kind of emphasize LARFs. Yes. Um, like. Like, the kick gloves are off. Like, some some movies that we bring to the table might be, uh, you know, cult classics in their own right 
Definitely. I would uh, say I have two of those tonight. <laughs> you know, so that's not to say that, that, that their presence in either of these episodes is like to shit on them. It's mm -hmm. just like we think that they can bring the most entertainment value. Like, I know I have some ideas of, of movies yeah. that, uh, you know, but it it's not going to be in praise of them either. Well, it's, 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 it, it, it depends for me. Like, there's some yeah. merits. Why do we watch these movies in general, it, right? It, that you I want to bring up. And that's, that's like, that's, um, I, I think, like, either way, the unifying thing will be, like, fascinatingly yes. bad. Yeah. Like, even if they are... Why were they made? <laughs> yeah, stupid or or problematic yeah. or or something to that effect. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, like how did this, this happen? Like, why is this like this? Yeah. And it, you know, so I think that's what we're, in the brief view that we mm -hmm. get of, you know, yeah. both of these movies... Um, that's what we're looking for. Yeah, we're, we're, and we hope you enjoy. We're emphasizing yeah. we're here to entertain. Yeah. So what we're bringing in as sinister six yes. things. Yeah. You know. And yet again, I expect like B movies from Dan. Don't mm. expect the same from me. We're two different people. Like I said, this is what I consider sinister. Yes. Which was the uh, you know the modus operandi that we've chosen. <laughs> but I'm interested, Dan, and thank you. Yeah. No, and it 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 uh, you know, again. Like my criteria, is you you will yeah. Mm -hmm. When we when we get to my potential picks, yeah. like I I definitely have some some B and C movies in in the ether here. Mm. I have some movies that more recent ones that that were definitely not good, like culturally insensitive, <laughs> like like running the gambit of like how in the living fuck did this get mm -hmm. funded in twenty like two yeah. zero xx you know like how how did this this happen mm -hmm. i i'm expecting high art schlock well, from you yeah, yeah and then i'll bring the, the low art the low tier yeah. schlock to <laughs> for to the desk out there yeah <laughs> well, and, and i'll and be that, bourgeois you know yeah. so it's not again we mm -hmm. we would not be doing this if we didn't love yeah. movies in general yeah. so we're not uh, <laughs> uh, uh being showcased on the sinister six is a honor yeah it, it, well, it, yeah, it's neither it's neither a pedestal nor the trash. It's it's something. It's like it might some of them might be in the trash, yeah. but we'll scoop them out and, and we'll put we'll them on the table, well. and then we'll like you know yeah. back in the trash. Yeah. But uh. like, I wouldn't destroy these movies. I wouldn't microwave them live. No, no. But no. they do do have a special place in my heart, even though it's a dark crevice of yeah. like the valley of my heart. Um, well, with that, shall we get into it, Dan? I, I'm excited. All so right, so yeah. forgive us. This is the first time we're doing this process, but I do have the bad movie bag <laughs> that Dan will have three choices to draw it at random. Eesh. Following that, whatever he picked in this separate bag, I have the three Blu-rays here. Uh, within, the Shroud of, yeah, the shroud of <laughs> Turin. <laughs> within the Shroud of Turin, if that's what we're going for. I have a one note card of brief, 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 brief notes on mm -hmm. it, just to give us a little tease of what to expect and some background information that's the only background information i'm including in this and then after we watch it i have a brief synopsis as we go back and forth to our initial reactions to the film so yes. like i said a little bit loosey-goosey dan do you dare <laughs> draw from the bag now before i give you the bag let mm -hmm. me just say i went on the principle of megan the stallion with trashy classy and sleazy for okay. my three picks Mine technically have a trend too, so I like that. All right, and mine. So, I went with a starter trio in um, a certain. Sense, I will so. say before we go, there's two movies in here that I would prefer you to pick, and one that I don't want you to pick. But we're gonna let the winds of fate challenge us. I could have cheated, Dan, but I didn't. 
the Hungarian horn dance. Yeah. Reach into the <laughs> reach into the bag. There's three slips. Feel them around. You know, dig around. Make sure you feel three and go with your heart, Dan. One with the force. The force is with me. Oh God, one which force, one will he pick? I'm so one nervous. With the, force, the force is with me. <laughs> Hear that, Russell? <laughs> Russell, those Jimmy's, Dan. What will it be? What will he choose? Popeye? Popeye! Ugh, the one I didn't want you to pick, but it makes sense, doesn't it? Okay. We're watching the Robert Altman classic, Popeye, starring <laughs> Robin Williams and Shelley okay. Duvall. Okay. Now, this is a musical, and there was probably always going to be a musical spot in my picks mm-hmm. while I read our notes. So, Popeye! 1980, directed by Robert Altman, who Dan may know from the MASH movie, (laughs) and who I may know from classics such as Three Women, Nashville, and McCabe and Miss Miller. This is a Paramount plus Disney epic that was designed to make Mondo Bucks at the box office. The budget was $20 million, and the box office did a decent $60 million, but this production was wrecked with (laughs) just bad juju i should say it did not do well in either disney or paramount's eyes so it was considered a flop instantly um starring robin williams and shelly duvall uh paramount essentially lost a bidding war for the annie musical and decided what other comic strip can we make a fun little musical for the kids to watch Mm -hmm. and they settled on the dan classic i know dan's a fan of papa in general i've never seen this movie so can we consider it a movie that <laughs> will be the main question because i barely consider it a film at that but paramount said we're gonna do popeye and we're going to try and make it work it did not um in the long list of stars that could have spearheaded this film as both popeye and olive oil we had greats such as dustin hoffman lily tomlin gilda radner um, but Disney added funds instead and settled on the Robin Williams, which you could tell this is clearly a dream role for him. Yes. Um, and I mean, getting a lot of, not hate, but like since that Dr. Phil interview, Shelley Duvall kind of fell to the wayside, but she recently had her interview mm-hmm. um, where, you know, she just revealed her life in acting. And I've always been a fan of Shelley Duvall. I think that most people who kind of bear the brunt on this and the shining with her, like it. It's kind of like that. Yes. Like, I, I don't, I'm, I'm talking a tangent anyway. Um, but Shelley Duvall is a standout in this role as Olive Oil. And it's a role that she's almost destined to play in a way. <laughs> if I was casting it would, Olive Oil. It would Oil. make sense. Yeah. 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 Um, it's filmed in Malta and the set was so over budget, it still exists as a theme park for the Malta people. That I did know about because mm. that was covered on one of those theme park YouTube channels was the, is the Popeye, the city ruins. You can go to the city <laughs> by the sea, Popeye land, still today in Malta. And yeah. maybe when we get enough funds from this podcast, we'll take a trip yeah, over we'll there. Record it live from the Popeye uh, abandoned town, so... Um, there were many rewrites of the script songs, and Dan, I will say this is the worst musical that I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. I don't consider these songs. They're not good. Okay, so, so, Popeye here, uh, ho- holding it in my hands. Uh-huh. Is this, did you not want me to pick this because it's the most annoying for you? I or? wanted you to pick this because I feel like it's the most boring pick of all, <laughs> and it's not something to start this on, but... Okay. Okay. That make because I I wanted to you know because I wanted to make sure that you know it's yeah you know I, so I would assume the other two were the high art. <laughs> you would assume, well high art's a stretch. This one is 
one of the two high arts. Yes. But it's so boring, Dan. Okay. But I was debating between this and another musical, which I will place back into the pot yeah. for next time anyway. Yeah. We that's yeah. another thing. We don't reveal the pot. We no. don't we no. don't Dan will not know what he didn't pick yeah. until he picks it. Yeah. Or until I die. Because <laughs> they're not through the They're gonna be in rotation for yeah. future Sinister Sixes. So. so in tangenting to these uh the songs, this was originally sung live. Uh, you know, um, <laughs> bracing for Les Miserables. <laughs> but they realized the singing was so bad, they had to redub it again. Oh, no. And it did not make the film better, Dan. <laughs> That's all I'll say. There was a lot of re-recording dialogue for um, Robin Williams mumbling the trash- the, the classic Popeye trope of... Uh, we will be watching this movie with subtitles because I can't understand a word coming out of Robin Williams' mouth. And it received middling reviews at the box office. Mm-hmm. In a segment that I like to call Cringe Corner, this is what you're entitled to expect when mm-hmm. watching this film for the first time, as Dan luckily is a Popeye virgin. I put down boring in all caps. It's going <laughs> to be boring, Dan. You're going to look at me and go, why did Jonathan suggest this film in the first place? This doesn't feel like a movie. It has some of the worst musical numbers I've ever seen or heard. And Dan, if you know me, I've seen a lot of bad musical numbers. Well, yeah, and I would assume, you know, that's... Uh, boring is a valid form of bad. We, you know, there were MST3K movies that were boring as hell, and yeah, gotta, mm-hmm. we gotta make our own jokes. Yeah, so it's... Gotta, I'm I, asking I, for your help, Dan. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I, I, I... I don't... There, there are no winners in Sinister Six, but there are no losers either, so... Um. <laughs> As I said, uh, there is minimal acting in this film as well. I wouldn't consider any of these people actors. I respect their craft. I do not think it is a good movie at all. And then finally, I feel like Altman's oeuvre of using gritty realism doesn't translate well to the Popeye universe. I would assume. Is Bluto in this? Bluto is in this. Bluto does appear. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> my my proto Blackbeard guy is in there. So. Yeah, so part of the reason why I chose this is because I know Dan likes him some Popeye, especially Bluto. Yeah, yeah. So I think it will tie in nicely, but with that, my index card has ended. So any initial expectations going in? Well, again, I do enjoy, you know, the, the Popeye cartoons in their day. I was excited for the potential. So did I, Dan. Uh, you know, I was I was excited <laughs> for the potential of that, that Gennady tartakovsky Mm. remake that never happened Mm -hmm. and probably never will happen um you know and obviously i did merch wise my brother and i went in on the uh the popeye and bluto Mm. dual figure pack um but for some reason i've never seen this i remember i remember it being advertised like hell like like in the in the 90s vhs's that i had Mm. i guess if it was like one of the uh like the paramount movies it would have like a whole musical preview thing of this movie up front with this and um what music they could scrap together for that preview i don't uh, know i I don't (laughs) there there was another uh like dragon heart or something like it was this whole montage of failed 90s movies Mm -hmm. so yeah i i'm i'm excited i'm excited to finally see this so i'm excited you're excited and all i'll say is dan needs me he needs me but will he need this movie after we're done watching (laughs) stormy seas ahead Live 
Well, I would like to issue a public apology to Dan Ryan. It's about time that I get my comeuppance. I'm sorry, Dan. No, but this is the point of the Sinister Six. It, it is legitimately the like we're we're here to watch movies that can prompt larfs, and we we this did. But this wasn't a movie. Well, no, but it was a thing. It was a it was a feature that was you know how Released. like two hours. Was it? T- yeah. It's so. two hours, but it felt like three. Uh, I mean, if anything, I mean, this made me self-conscious that my picks aren't on, like, this tier of infuriating. Yeah, so. to be fair, this is the worst of my bunch. It just so happens that Dead would choose the worst of the bunch first. And now I know not to go this dark. No, no, you don't hold back. We can, mm. we can go, we can go darker. I, think. I don't know. I don't know if I could take it. We'll see. That we'll I see. had to watch this movie first and then made the willing choice to put it in the pot. But I think it is sinister nonetheless. And mm-hmm. maybe there is a glimmer at the very tail end of this film that we can get to. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we did watch 1980s Popeye. Any initial thoughts before we dive into our retrospective series? Um. <laughs> now. Going into this, mm. I we got to I guess we got to tiptoe because mm. uh, we give we give like a fair chance usually when we watch like an anime that we know was intended for kids and mm-hmm. we're not going to nitpick it on things that you know like you gotta you gotta go in and you said that young audiences actually enjoyed this yes it did make a profit but but watching it as an adult uh. It's, it's kind of like one of those just sensory overload movies. Oh, definitely. There is never a point where people are not talking. And it and it and it can make one insane if if you allow it to. It, mm-hmm. it, if if uh, you know if we didn't if we weren't like playing off each other with jokes, then I we would have just been dead. We would have been husk on the couch together. <laughs> because there is never a quiet scene. No. Like it is it is when the minute the opening titles start. It's, they start like they start talking it's sensory and, overload, and, yeah. and no one ever stops talking mm. and the songs don't rhyme that's that's point now i wrote down some big ones and yeah. that's the the second one is the the songs don't rhyme they're well, not they're songs. not songs dan <laughs> they're just like slightly like melodic uh, you know repetition of phrases senses, yep. yeah yep. and and they sound like they're going to rhyme but they don't no. uh, which is which is confusing you mean to say that steven sondheim wasn't the lyricist on this project <laughs> yeah and and also um if if we gotta go higher grade film snob there's a lot of bad editing oh there's there, tons of bad editing there's 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 just tons of shots where even you know a film you know a film scholar lackey but like myself like i like i'm just sitting and we counted two transitions that stand out like sore thumbs in this movie there's one slowdown moment and the rest is just completely shot at differing angles with matches that don't match up yeah cuts that just don't fit together they don't they don't they don't there is no like especially in like what are supposed to be the cartoony zany action scenes and there's there's not enough of them either of the cartoony zany action scenes it, it's gritty realism in the Popeye universe. It's, it's just like there's there's like a startling lack of continuity oh, so, between shots. Yeah. Like not story necessarily, yeah. but like the shots just don't like. I, th- I I would assume that much younger viewers than us would could notice like <laughs> Popeye's like teleported across the room in between these two mm-hmm. shots here. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, eh, 
No. I don't know. Maybe. No. no. It's definite. Not yeah. maybe. Um, well, I like I said, I picked this movie because I think you had an inkling of liking Popeye once in your youth, maybe? Well, yeah. Yeah. So you know, I, I figured, yeah. like, you know, this is anime adjacent to... It actually makes oh, a good stepping board. Well, for a Popeye yeah. when it's yeah. real Popeye is quality. I <laughs> think you know, like Popeye. there, there were you know. I, I think Grant shared with us. They did like that updated little Popeye animatic sure, like yeah. a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. That's quality. I you know, again, my shelf is adorned with a Bluto figure. Mm-hmm. My brother has the Popeye, and it's like you know, I appreciate. <laughs> I appreciate the, uh, the, 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 you know, the, the lore, but I had never seen this movie, so I, I, And I now, suppose... will you ever see it again? I don't, I don't think so, but I don't think so. No. Well, I'm sorry yet again, Dan. But, but I am happy to, because I've, I've seen the Popeye set thing mm. covered by multiple people over the years, and I, I can finally put a face to the, to the... To the yeah, you know, the would you visit Sweet nightmare. Haven? I, n- no, well, I I don't I don't. It know. depends if a certain animatronic octopus is there, probably. Yeah, and it probably still is. <laughs> I'm assuming they just left it so. in the cove. <laughs> you to know, the, the people of Malta. Um, but yep, Sinister Six. Should we get started on the plot? <laughs> well, I, I'm trying to think if there's anything not plot related that I that I should bring up first. Oof. Um, I, I, I did want to address the Shelley Duvall situation in the room. Should I do that now? Uh, let me go first, because okay. mine isn't serious. Okay. Like, yours, yeah. yours is like a, like yeah. a, yours is a legit discussion. Mine's mm. a, just a grievance. Okay. Um, in terms of how Popeye looks, I'm, I'm like 90% positive he's just supposed to look like a caricature of, like, a sailor. Mm-hmm. So... If he was to be live action, I don't think he's supposed to have like the tumorish arms, and inflated legs. forearms, yeah. and like a like a plaster molded face with the eye. Like I'm pretty sure he's just supposed to look like mm-hmm. old angry sailor person. Mm-hmm. I because in universe they're like, oh, you're like a one eyed big armed freak, and mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't think Popeye is supposed to like look different. In he's just supposed to look like a a cartoonish. Sailor man, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's by the sailor so, man. Then. It would like make sense. I, 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 so because it is a plot, like it's a plot point mm-hmm. that 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 the appearance of the of the Popeye clan <laughs> follows in line, but and I'm, it's I'm, unsettling. I'm almost positive he's just supposed to be like a scrunch faced old man mm-hmm. who's like a sailor yeah. and you he's know slightly buff, like old man strength. Yeah, and that's it. But. It's yeah. it's unsettling. Mm-hmm. It's disturbing. <laughs> I do not like the prosthetic effects no. used in this film, so I'm glad you you brought that up now. It, it just doesn't look good. Like we could have just had Robin Williams in a sailor outfit doing the Popeye voice, and we probably would have been just fine. Yeah, it. like it would have made sense to us. But Robert Altman needed that gritty realism, which I don't flack him for because he's a great film director. But like it doesn't work with this. You know, uh, God, God have mercy on me. But the thing I'm going to reference is if we remember Full House, <laughs> uh, what's his name? Dave Couillet, like every episode was doing some kind of cartoon voice, uh, car- you know, yeah. and, and he would he did Popeye frequently. It's like, just get a dude like that to just. But, you know, well, and it, get Robin yeah, Williams, yeah, well, no, yeah. get Robin yeah. Williams to, to, to go and and just just do as that. Yeah. Like, you know, you don't need like the. The mannerisms, the costuming, the prosthetics, like because it, it, it's like the Popeye prosthetics, like they're these big and and they 
they like put hair follicles on a it. A lot, yeah. So it, like the only thing that it calls to mind to me is like do you remember that god awful League of Extraordinary Gentlemen I do. movie? I do. And and Mr. Hyde was supposed to be the Hulk ripoff, mm-hmm. but they didn't have the money to do that. Mm-hmm. So instead he just has gigantic like arms. rubber arms with mm-hmm. hair mm-hmm. glued onto it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like it's that. It reminds yeah. me of that. Like no. it's just not it, it, Why didn't I choose that instead? <laughs> We can throw it in the pot. We can throw it in the Not pot. Not too late. No. Nope. Throw it in the pot. Never too late. Um, but I agree with yeah. all the points mentioned. And of course, interrupt me, please. We're going to need to salvage the shipwreck in order to make it go. But uh, my sinister scant synopsis. We open on Popeye. Oh, well, you're Shelley Duvall thing. Oh, Shelley yeah, Duvall. Yeah. Of course. So I wanted to... Uh, I think I bumbled the Shelley Duvall thing in the opening. She's a consummate actress. She's gone through a lot in her life. As I said, she's Robert Altman's muse. She's featured in Three Women, McCabe and Miss Miller, and many others. Mm -hmm. But uh, The Shining kind of wrecked her in many ways. The Stanley Kubrick uh, version, if you're not unaware. Um, She's kind of turned into a recluse. And I just feel bad because people give Shelley Duvall a lot of flack for working with what she's given. You know, um, this isn't on her 100%. She is actually the ideal casting that comes to mind when olive oil strikes. She looks... The epitome of olive oil. She's not out of sorts. Yeah. But it's just the lines and the zany nature of this movie. She doesn't come across as a good actress in this. Mm -hmm. When I know she's capable of far more talent and whatever. It it just doesn't mesh well with me. And I don't want to see any Shelley Duvall hate. (laughs) Not that I see any. In our fandom. (laughs) Between me and you at this table either. I just, I, I hate when people bash Shelley Duvall, and I just want to make that point clear. Yeah, yeah and, and that's, again, like, this is this is one of those movies where um, you couldn't ask for... Alright, well, I'm going to preface this. For Popeye and, and, <laughs> and Olive, you couldn't ask for better, like, casting. Mm-hmm. But um, Bluto, Dan has his... <laughs> yeah, I mean, Bluto doesn't have... He doesn't bring a lot of personality to the movie, but mm. the the... Mm, we'll get into that, but mm. that—that's you know I, I like him because he's again he's proto Blackbeard. He's like the yeah. he's, you know he's big ruffian of the seas, mm. and, and here he's like I I don't he's large. He's like the he's like the bougie like head guy in charge of the the village. But I don't think Bluto would. I don't think Bluto has any station. He's just like a big ruffian. Mm. So I I don't I don't know. I don't I I'm not familiar with all of the lore, mm. but um. Well, we got to get into that too. We yeah. got to we got to get oh, into how it discuss the nitty gritty the the Popeye Bluto relationship in this movie because it it's a, but we're certainly not going to uh, cast aspersions on on Robin Williams or Shelley Duvall because mm-hmm. like that is um that's like in terms of like modern day fan casting that's like people with with like John Krasinski and uh, Mister Fantastic or whatever mm-hmm. like I would assume that if you were following any of this stuff back then. Like, oh shit, Robin Williams is perfect for yeah. this, Shelley Duvall's perfect for that, mm-hmm. and it's, you know. And as I said previously, you can tell it's a dream role for Robin Williams, too. Yeah. You can tell, like, he really wanted to strut his stuff in this role, and he's having fun doing it. It's just, why do I need the goddamn subtitles to understand everything that's coming out of your mouth? <laughs> no, the the script does not support Robin Williams. No. Like, the script does not, like, the script and the direction don't, there's, there's nothing for popeye to do yeah and it, it just it just kind of meanders like it, it <laughs> i that's i mean that's the only way to do this i mean we'll, we gotta get we got we'll get into the plot yeah, no, when we, but yeah, it, 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 yeah. it fizzes out it fizzes out there's no material for anyone to work with here mm-hmm. except for 
Wimpy. Well, Wimpy. Well, <laughs> Wimpy, yeah. unsung hero. Well, we'll get into that yeah. and uh, Papa, Papa, whatever well, that uh, the Papa old Poop guy. Deck, Papa. Yeah, Papa Poop Deck Papa, whatever, whatever. <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not, but that like you know, Poop Deck Pappy. Yeah. Poop Deck Pappy. There is like the movie is very tilted in his face. Like if any, if I had to name like who is getting center stage here, it's him. So yeah. I, I don't. It's weird. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so we open on Zack Kyder is... Oh, oh. <laughs> I forgot. Oh. One more thing, one more broad strokes thing for the mm-hmm. whole movie. Uh, the Malta setting makes it look like this is going to be a Bible movie. That's a... Fe- like, I couldn't like shake a, that feeling. Uh, a George C. Cooker? Like a, like, yeah. a, like a sword and sandal, like, yeah. Bible retelling, mm-hmm. like, that, you know, went out of style. Like The it, robe. It, <laughs> that's all I can think of. Like, it looks like... Really? Yeah, like, we're going to this place in Italy, we're going to, like... You know, well, Malta's in Greece, right, off the coast of Greece. Yeah, yeah and it, like and a Mediterranean it, feel. And it, and it's like I don't know. It's just like that background, <laughs> like that the the you know the the obvious Malta cliffs, yeah. a clear blue sky, mm-hmm. and then all these wooden sets. It, it feels it, like Mamma Mia to me. <laughs> oh no, yeah, Mom, no, f- f- also Mamma Mia, which in hindsight should have been this pick. <laughs> Because I can't tolerate Mamma Mia. It'll go in the pot. I'll put the sequel in my pot then, so. <laughs> <laughs> now that'll be twisting the knife for me. But go on. Yeah. All right, so we open on the Zack Snyder superhero cut, dark gritty reboot, that yes. is Popeye, with storm clouds gathering above and one lone sailor uh, going into the harbor, yes. <laughs> played by Robin Williams, scooping in and Dan's intrigued. What's going on here? I don't remember Popeye. This isn't your grandfather's Popeye movie <laughs> going in. And he arrives, our hero Popeye, to the town of Sweet Haven. Yes. <laughs> and Sweet Haven opens on a song. Sweet Haven, oh Sweet Haven. God yeah. put us here. Yeah, God must love us. God must love us, Dan. <laughs> and it has the same tune of a certain American national anthem. <laughs> yeah, but it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't go there. It's like, but that happens multiple times. The mm-hmm. songs open and you recognize what the tune is from. Well, Dan's but it like, that's certainly a tune from somewhere. It, and I was like, mm-hmm. it doesn't do, it doesn't, because yeah. f- usually that opening tune happens and then people just start talking. Yeah. So it's like, da, 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 <laughs> boats, boats, boats. Like, boats. and then it, there's no, there's no continuation. So. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Uh, at this point in the film, we realize, oh no, it's a musical. <laughs> <laughs> or so it says, even though there are no songs, the residents sing praise for their seaside town in sweet, sweet haven. Uh, God must love us, as we said. The storm filter is instantly gone. <laughs> yes. No stormy skies anymore. Um, and it's very drab, despite being based on a cartoon slash, I would say, comic strip, right? Yes. And it does not gel well with the subject matter at hand. Yeah, it's 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 dark and it's a little claustrophobic sometimes. Yeah. You get the feeling that this town is like I don't know, like a mile long. <laughs> so when you've seen the sets in the opening, you're seeing the extent of what the entire movie is. Mm. And they don't go beyond it. <laughs> yep. They don't go to the world um beyond this this place. Yeah. So I just think for cartoons, shouldn't it have been more like colorful, technicolor maybe? I, I gotta, again, God help me a second time, huh. but that Flintstones movie... Was more colorful than yeah. this. Yeah. 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 That, that's an example of that. Mm. I unironically love that movie. Elizabeth Taylor's last role. <laughs> well, <laughs> g- 
then uh, fair send off. Then. <laughs> hey, that's all I know about those. Damn it! Why didn't I pick these movies instead? <laughs> oh god, damn it! Well, I just think that the colors would have popped more and made it more intriguing, yeah. at least. And they they do a few things, and we'll get into it. The like the Robert Altman is doing a few things with like color theory in this when like Bluto sees red and then he's yellow at the end. Like if that was pervading the entire film. Like, at least that would be some kind of cinematic lens put on the whole thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It would be something. <laughs> I, I, I don't... <laughs> that would be something, homie. <laughs> mm. uh, but here we are anyway. So, we get the horrific Popeye arms, which I'm glad you brought up already. They're very scary, and they disturb me in many ways. Uh, this is a dream role for Robin Williams I have written down, and we find that a mysterious Commodore runs this town, and a taxman charges taxes for everything. Yes. And literally everything. Stepping foot on the dock, you're gonna get charged a tax. Moving house, tax there too. And this family, uh, this town is held in the iron grip of the taxman, the Commodore, and supposedly Bluto. Yeah. In a trifecta. Yeah. Um, I gotta, I gotta say though, um... Like I know you said that the kids liked this movie. Like I and I'm not gonna. And I would be uh, right asleep in that theater because it has to be some kind of generational gap thing. Because like I I can't fucking fathom a child being excited by anything that is going on. Like I I made little notes early on, <laughs> and then like you gave up. Like there's a like Popeye is always muttering. So yeah. anything that happens is 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 framed by Popeye muttering things. But there's a lingering shot of him just rolling up his jacket. Mm. Like, the camera focuses on his on his hands, rolling up this jacket, mm -hmm. for no reason. Well, it's to and reveal it, that our hero is here, but I doubt, like, Joe and Betty, two-year-old, will understand that. Yeah, but you yeah. see his arms before, like, you yeah. see his arms no, in a shot before, so it's yeah. not like, and then the whole tax exchange is just like, Oh, you're boat parking today, but and they're just muttering. They're like muttering lines back and forth for like mm -hmm. ten, the whole movie. ten minutes, yeah. and it, and it's like I like I don't know if this is how you get a child interested in a movie. <laughs> like this is I, I I don't. know. I would much rather take my kids to one of those Pokemon flicks. <laughs> yeah, I, I I it's just like I like I don't know how this would have been like an exciting. Peek into the world for mm. any audience. Just, it's like Star Wars prequel stuff here. So. Yeah, no, uh, much like me entering the town of Kenilworth, the town is weary <laughs> to mm. Popeye's presence. Yes, immediately closing their windows and shutting their doors. There is some sight gags, and like here's where I'm saying the cartoony nature of the film needed to be like top tier. Like it needed to be raised a yeah. little bit more because. Popeye enters, he sees an old corncob pipe, and he's like, Oh, that's me pap's pipe, it looks like mine. Bends over, and there's a piano overhead that dips and nearly hits him. And then he yeah. hits him in the back, and he's like, Why I oughta? And punches it back up. Like, that's cartoony. That's fine. Yeah. Like, you need to amp that up, though, because we barely see any of that throughout the film. Yeah. And we, we it, like, throughout the film, it becomes established that cartoon violence is hat Like, you know, when Caster gets, like, punched across the, the sea... <laughs> Is, you know, but the way that the opening is framed and this, like, dark, gritty thing, like, you feel the weight of that fucking piano and you're like, that could kill, kill me, Popeye. <laughs> you know, obviously, as the movie keeps going and we see Cart, but, yeah. like, there is nothing to... 
it's like, oh my god, that guy's gonna get hit with a piano. Yeah. It's like, you know, and, and then it's not, it's it's not played, funny. And then it's played in reverse, but you can clearly tell they just rewound it. Like, it's yeah. not in any way, you know, just, it doesn't feel natural at no. all. And it detracts from the movie, of course. Um, I would say that Robin Williams is singing here, but it's barely any song in the song entitled Blow Me Down. <laughs> that yeah, I, just... I don't even remember. <laughs> there's just, and there's just, as a musical fan, swear to God, there's too many songs in this movie. <laughs> Cut it down. Give but again, they're not, they're not really even, they're not, they're not songs, most. they're just, they're just like... Diversions. <laughs> yeah. They're just like talking with style? Mm. I don't know. <laughs> um, it is revealed here that Popeye is not into spinach yet. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I forget what his name is, but Town Vegetable Denver, Vegetable Vendor, slash, um... Um, guy who sells caskets. Grievel? Not Grievel. Uh, might be Grievel. No, I don't think it's Grievel. Oh, that's gonna uh, upset me forever. Yeah, okay, Grievel is a Pokemon villain. <laughs> but, uh, we'll get No, to I'm it. pretty sure it's Gievel or because he's the Undertaker. Yeah. It's yeah. Gievel Grievel. I, I don't... I I don't know. I wouldn't know. But uh, he's selling Popeye some vegetables. Popeye's making some... It, I would call it clever wordplay, but no one would understand what he's saying in this scenario. (laughs) And that upsets me, Dan, because at times it's clever. Like, I give a chuckle, not a laugh, mind you, a slight chuckle. But no one wouldn't understand what's going on without subtitles being shown. No, we definitely, no, I I wouldn't have, I, 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 you know, I don't don't consider myself stupid, but like, I'm (laughs) like, like, this is... I, you know, mm. you're not paying attention to what's going on. You're yeah. not going to... It's just people muttering. Yeah, we get the Chekhov's gun that's actually used with the spinach being planted here. Where, oh, yeah. I don't eat me spinach. I never like spinach, but I'll take carrot, though. <laughs> uh, and then we meet the uh, Kenilworth, the Ryan family boarding house. <laughs> with Dan's family running a boarding house. The yes. oils, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Who... I would like to say are the stars of the film, but it's so manic. It's the energy is so high. Like Dan replied to me, I I'm getting nervous during this film, and I said, Dan, I'm right where you were at with oh, this nervous oh, kinetic energy that the yeah. oils provide. I mean, we'll get there in a moment, but the fucking dinner scene oh. is is one of the most stressful. Like these, they never stop talking, <laughs> and the camera and moving. The camera is like mounted in like the center of the mm-hmm. table, and it does like the the around the room full shot but it's all talking it's yeah. all talking and shouting and laughing and muttering yeah. and pantomiming the food cuz mm-hmm. they couldn't put food on the set and oh. it was just like you know it goes on yeah for a very long time so at the oil boarding house we need olive oil played by Shelley Duvall who i put down as perfect casting mm-hmm. i think that she's great she's just in a bad movie unfortunately yeah. Um, and she ignores Popeye's efforts at first and frets her engagement that night or her fourth engagement that night to one Bluto. And I put, there's no other perfect casting than Dan and I (laughs) as Popeye and olive oil. (laughs) This is our relationship to a T, isn't it? (laughs) Me constantly going, oh, 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 no, Dan, no. And Dan muttering under his breath. Oh, yeah, you're a fat sow. (laughs) What did you say? Uh, but uh, there is a uh, family system here with Brother Castor Oil, uh, Nana Oil. It's Mr. Giesel, by the way. That's Giesel, Giesel. Okay. Uh Nana Oil, Coal Oil, which Dan and I were like, what's that a pun of? Is it coal or is it... 
I assumed coleslaw, because you put some kind of oil in coleslaw, and I don't... I don't know what coleslaw you're eating, but... <laughs> well, I... I, I what, what else could it be? If, like, I don't... Uh, you know. I think it's just mayo, dude. Unless it's, like, a one-piece name. Like you said, like, his yeah. name was, like, uh... Uh, what was it? Spring... Uh, K-Oil? Yeah. <laughs> and it, like, you know, so that's, like... You know, okay. oil. Yeah, that's... Uh, but... I don't know. Um, but Popeye arrives there. He's shown a room to Olive Oil with more cartoony nature. She falls over the bed. She stumbles and, oh, pulls down the blinds, <laughs> stumbles on the bed, breaks it, knocks down a picture and goes, well, don't go into my room. <laughs> Slams the door. And I'm like, well, see, this is fine. But even when you're watching it, it's like, it's not at the level it needs to be. No. And I, I'm getting nitpicky. It, it's not a film, Dan. It no. doesn't feel like a film at all. No. It's just, it's way too frantic. Yeah. Uh, what a dump. And then, of course, we get to this dinner scene. And I could dissect this dinner scene for years to come. They come out with, like, the high school theater prop bowls, spoon, and and ketchup. Ketchup is the main prop of this film. Okay, but another, infu- yeah, but as we said, another infuriating part is that the bottles, like, the ketchup bottles are Heinz ketchup bottles. Yeah. But they couldn't get the rights to do that, so they put, like, the ketchup label on front of it, but... It's in, like, every shot. Yeah. Every fucking yeah. shot in Sweet Haven has one of these ketchup bottles <laughs> in the background. And I'm like, did they lose the Heinz sponsorship? Like, Electabuzz is through? going crazy. <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, that's a deep cut. Uh, but, like, did they did they lose the, the, the sponsorship? I don't think Heinz would have gave them the sponsorship if they saw what it was being used for. Were they, like, hoping Heinz that... Heinz treacle. <laughs> surprisingly good but, you know I, I don't I, I don't know it's just another little annoying fact here yeah. no it's true and this dinner scene like I didn't know I could suffer secondhand like and I feel it too so I mean like we were both feeding <laughs> off each other's but I am so anxious during this dinner scene because as you said Popeye's trying to get a seat physically get a chair to sit down and being the nice gentleman sailor that he is, he's trying to make sure that everyone eats beforehand. But there's no food in the bowls. Yeah, there's no food and, in the bowls. And fucking um, Giesel and um, uh, Hamburger Dude, uh, Wimpy, Wimpy, Wimpy yeah. are there just sitting down at the table going, pass me the chicken and beans and potatoes. And there's nothing in these bowls. And, and yeah, the uh, coal oil keeps doing like the, you should you owe me an apology. And there's like a back and forth and olive oil starts saying something. Nana starts shouting. It's all at once. Yeah. It's it's so upsetting, Dan. And <laughs> olive oil's going on and on about, oh, this is a fat, ugly glass. Give me a beautiful one, <laughs> which I could do to Dan. But when someone else does it on film, I'm like, no one can do that but me. It it just fills me with such uncomfort. <laughs> yeah. It, well, it's, it's just it's just stressful. I don't I don't know. I I mean it. It is. There, and this is why, you know, one of the reasons we're doing the Sinister Six here is because we we both are fascinated with movies, and we're yeah. fascinated with, with you know, you know, <laughs> and we've both seen our fair share of bad movies yeah. in, in many contexts, and there is, like, this thing with, with these 80s, like, what are supposed to be comedy movies where everyone is just talking. Yeah. Like, there is just constant noise... There is AD like this. This film, as you said in the in the opening part, has a lot of fucking ADR. Yeah. And, like where lines are clearly it's like being like a fucking spaghetti western up in here. Yeah, no, and they're they're being like dubbed over. Mm-hmm. So then y- you'll you'll have just everyone talking, 
and then there'll be something, like, another voice that comes in layered over, like, louder than the regular audio, like, Oh, look over there! And you don't see who's talking, because no. no one's talking. No. But everyone is. Look who's talking now? Everyone. <laughs> we could have watched that movie, too. <laughs> Just twist on the knife, Dan. Twist on the knife! I swear the other two are good! I promise! <laughs> don't beat me, Dan. <laughs> Anyways, after that dinner scene, we reveal that Bluto runs the town for the Commodore, this mysterious figure who pulls the string behind the scenes. And Bluto, who I feel is a saving grace, at least with Dan in the room, like, he comes out, he's tough, he's menacing. Yeah. He doesn't speak much, which is good in this movie that's full of talking. Who's played by Paul L. Smoth. Uh, proclaims there's a nine o'clock curfew, everyone go to sleep, and the town, being afraid of Bluto, shuts their lights off. Yes. Yeah. And we see that Popeye is thinking of his long-lost father for 30 years. There is a good sight gag here, but I'm, I'm clutching at straws here, Dan, because the, the sight gag is he's talking to a photo the entire scene, right? And you're going, oh, what's this photo going to look like? He turns around, it's a piece of cardboard saying from Papa. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's, it's like, there's, funny. Yeah. There's some semblance, but for Robert Altman, no. No, it doesn't work, Dan. Uh, but then we get the Sweet sweet Haven morning antics where the town prepares for a new day. <laughs> and it's just like extras going, whoa, carrying milk jugs, doing somersaults. They're doing shots. They're eating cheeseburgers. It's just like, you know. I mean, this movie makes me want to crave a burger. But they're not, they don't, the burgers don't look good. The bread looks horrible. Where are they getting this food from in the first place? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, because the, the outside world doesn't seem to exist. Yeah. So where's that beef coming from? I don't, I don't know. But, mm. but all the drunks, the destitute, and Wimpy who gets a starring turn in this movie. I'm not against Wimpy. That's the role that I was born to play, Dan. He walks like me. He eats like me. He has a pompous attitude. I stand Wimpy in this film. He has a heel turn in the end. Like... He's truly the saving grace for this film. Well, but it's, I mean, we <laughs> joke, but like, you, 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 if you broke down this script, it's probably like Wimpy and, and again, Poop Deck Papa, whatever, <laughs> get more dialogue. Yeah. Over, like, they get more scenes to do things in. Like, mm. it's, it's, like, I, I don't know. They were, Robert Altman was a Wimpy fan. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Aren't we all? Uh, but Wimpy is there eating with Popeye, trying to listen to his grievances, but at the same time he plays like some tricks to get some hamburgers as they're singing a song about, I'll gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. And that's the only fucking line, aside from them eating burgers at seven o'clock in the morning in yeah. this destitute town. There are also, another stick of my craw in this film is there's tons of minor characters, like you brought up that old woman who's having everything and her large baby son. Yes. Um, in everything, barely any you know, plot development until midway through the movie. And I assume that these other characters are peppered throughout the comic strips. Like, we get to learn a little bit more about them, but none in here. Yeah, I mean, uh, the cook keeps showing up in scenes. Like, the I mean, well, guy the mayor and his hat. wife. Yes. Yeah. yeah, the tall... I get to be taller tonight. <laughs> mm. uh, yeah, no, there's... I Like, yeah, I'm assuming in the Popeye canon, these are all major players, but... <laughs> yeah. Uh, Popeye has had a vision telling him that his pap is still alive and he's had a feeling that he's in this town. So that's why he arrived in the first place. Um, some tough boy ruffian sailors make fun of Popeye for yes. his daddy issues slash vocal qualities. Well, his daddy issues that he's unpacking to Wimpy, well, Wimpy just Wimpy couldn't give a give shit. Wimpy doesn't give a fuck, yeah. He, he's just eating <laughs> and then he's like, you know, he's gonna, he just goes and keeps on eating. Like, I don't know what Wimpy's game is here. <laughs> 
<laughs> aside from getting more hamburgers, but mm. it's it's just a very like off-putting little exchange. Yeah, and at this point, I would like to note to the audience, Dan replied in quotes, "This is a bad movie." <laughs> for the first time, and he still had leagues to go. <laughs> He was just crossing the surface. You didn't think after Suspiria I could go so bad, did you? <laughs> I, yeah, I, it was, it was, uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. we got, we got to keep going deeper. All right. So, so deeper and deeper still, I feel like Robin Williams is doing a bad Marlon Brando impression here. Yeah. Oh yeah. The, the, the street toughs. Yeah. The, 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 the presumed other sailors who are in this mm-hmm. town, mm-hmm. maybe. Maybe I don't. I well, don't know. No, they're a pillar of the community because they show up at the boxing match later. Okay, they're there yeah. forever. They just get the tar beat out of them, and then they're still there. Cause, town cause, meanies. Because because one of them had an accent, and then he didn't have that accent mm-hmm. in the next scene. Oh, blonde guy too. <laughs> I don't know who that blonde guy. Like that. There's like a recurring blonde guy who gets like he gets his like head cartoonishly oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. knocked down I, and then pulled back either. up. It's I, mentioned in a second, and I don't remember his name. Yeah. Can you tell we're not Popeye stands, audience? Well, we stand Popeye, but not this Popeye. Not, yeah, no, not this. Doesn't not this make me take. intrigued to learn a little bit more about the canon. But uh, after that, Popeye clearly takes care of these ruffians through fisticuffs. Uh, this bar slash diner seems to be prepared for this on a normal day because the like the the lady in charge, I think her name's Laverne, she like lowers a birdcage on herself, and I was like, oh, there's like some. There's some visual symbolism slash storytelling going on here in the set, because that's the kind of thing I like to look forward to in movies, yeah. but it does not mesh at all. And Popeye is proclaimed a hero because he he pays for his meal and then leaves a tip, but then the town is still against him. Yeah, no, the town doesn't like him at that. It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't connect in a way, shape, or form. It's like, after this, shouldn't the town be like, oh, he took care of those ruffians? Well, and also... And I'll use this to segue into another thing. Um, throughout this, the Popeye fighting the ruffians in this restaurant, Bluto <laughs> eating is, is up on the veranda eating, like, the Luffy meat stick. Mm-hmm. A- and in a normal movie, with normal Popeye-Bluto interactions, you would assume <laughs> that Bluto would be, like, scoping him out. Because, again, Popeye and Bluto... Portrayed through various lens of gooberness over the decades, like Godzilla and King Ghidorah, this is the fight that people are here to see. <laughs> like this is this is the this is the prize fight. It's yeah. Popeye versus Bluto. That's just yeah. Whatever the fuck Bluto is up to, he's gonna he's gonna be trying it. If and Popeye's got to stop him. Yeah. If I buy a ticket to a Popeye film, <laughs> yeah. I'm expecting Bluto yeah. to get in a fisticuff and. Multiple times, in fact, and they don't blow their load into the end. Yeah, and it and, and even then, it's it, not good. It, it, yeah, it's not like that's the the focal point. Like I like I, I <laughs> I'm not like no dispersions on the Bluto actor or anything. Like mm-hmm. he he's a big intimidating dude. He like does the Bluto grunts and burr and like you know scowl <laughs> thing. But but there's like. You know, it, it's just a simple little, it's, it's fucking Popeye and Bluto, mm-hmm. like, Tom and Jerry, you just, that's the, that's the plot. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just, you know. Getting those two together. You don't gotta go deeper than that. You go deeper than that, and, and, and you, you try to, like, probe the Popeye world <laughs> any deeper, and it's going to fall apart. Mm. Like, again, 
I gotta go back to that Flintstones movie. Mm -hmm. Very simple, uses the main cast, except for, like, the guy from Twin Peaks and, and Halle, Halle Berry. Berry. <laughs> And, Why didn't we watch that instead? <laughs> and it's like a very simple, someone becomes rich and forgets their, their roots. You know, uh, very, you know, n nothing that... Kyle McLaughlin puts Bam Bam on the, on the fucking stomper to destroy her. Oh yeah, the automatic housemaking yeah. machine. Um, and it, But it's like a very, like, okay, this could be a Flintstones plot. Mm. This seems a little bit heavier than anything like a Popeye story could would handle. be. Could so, handle, yeah. Yeah. Oh, we're getting a lot of deep conversations. Because the daddy issues. We gotta get into the the, da oh, the daddy issues. Well, but do you think, I think that Bluto has some daddy issues, too. Even though we don't meet his daddy. I think that, you know, he hasn't had a male figure in his life, and that's why he's so angry all the time. But that's just me. Going on a tangent. Anyways, engagement party day. <laughs> Olive Oil's getting engaged that night. Uh, we meet the mayor and his wife, presumably. Yeah. Tonight's the night. Yeah. I get to feel taller than you. We see that damn animatronic pe uh, pelican for the first time out of a hundred. Yeah, as they couldn't afford real birds. Oh. So we hear seagulls, but we never see them. And it's just this one animatronic penguin. Yeah. <laughs> or the pe uh, pelican. <laughs> <laughs> Not a penguin. Whoops. Uh, uh, Bluto's on his way, and we see that the oil household is preparing in dead silence. Popeye comes down going, I'm happy to be invited to the party. And they give him the old shrug off. He's not invited to be there. Not his kind. It's very upsetting yeah. for Popeye. He goes out. He knows when he's not wanted. And upstairs, Olive Oil is singing to her gal pals about how her boyfriend, Bluto, is large. He's large. And tall. Yeah. And he's mine. <laughs> While packing a suitcase. Yeah. She's in... trying to vamoose out of there. And, and, and I guess that's like one point of, I guess, visual subtlety. Because it's not subtle, though, Dan. Well, okay. No. In the, like, the beginning of the scene. Yeah. Near the end, it's not subtle, but in the beginning, like, I, I think the suitcase is there from the get-go, but we don't see what she's doing, and it's like, okay, yeah, double meaning here, so. She's back in the suitcase, she wants to get out of there, she's afraid of commitment issues, Bluto arrives, everyone's under his thumb, he's picking a, a flower going, she loves me, yay, she doesn't love me. Uh, which I think could have been, like, there, this level, this movie's at a one. It needs to be out of 10, right? Yeah. If it's cartoons, like, they should be going off the handle. Well, even just, if you want to take that scene and replace it in, like, like a cartoon, like, like what would happen in one of these old-timey cartoons? Bluto would be pulling the pedals off, mm -hmm. she loves me, yeah. and then, like, Caster would be panicking and, like, gluing more then pedals back on. on as while well, Bluto is turned away. Why? Yeah. So to make sure that he gets, like, the even number mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they, do, they don't do that. <laughs> and it's, like, a budget was spent on set and costuming. Yeah. But oh, did they not see what they were working with? I don't understand. I think Robert Altman asked for more, and Paramount and Disney said, come back. Like, we're not giving you any more money. Yeah. You've had too much time to film this in the first hand. Yeah. and But I just, I don't know, uh, you know... Someone making this movie would have to have a sense of humor. No, like, Robert Altman has a sense of humor. He does? Definitely. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Have you seen pictures of him? Like, he's a camp director. He's, like, in a, a neckerchief and fucking sailor. Oh, yeah. okay. I think I retweeted that recently. Where I was like, Robert Altman's here. Well, that makes it more confusing, then. That, yeah. Like, there's little moments that should have better comedic timing. Or know. have comedic timing. Do you think there was any coke on the set for Popeye? 
Yeah, you probably. I, mean, I think to get me, I would need coke in my trailer every night. All right. So anyway, olive oil sneaks out. Bluto's having a, a rage despite being a rat in a cage, and she bumps <laughs> into Popeye. Yes. And immediately she's like, "Oh, what are you? What are you doing?" <laughs> like when I bump into Dan, "Oh, I, I'm oh, going, my, yeah, yeah. packing my bags." Oh, just spinning around. Oh, yeah. well, I'm facing suppo- this direction. <laughs> yeah, it's cartoony too because she's supposed to be like twisted, not knowing which way to go. And Shelly Dahl's doing the best she can, but the way the script is, and I think the script is like eighty percent improv. It's like, oh, well, I I need to go this way. I need to go that way. Yeah. But they could have done it better, like physically getting her twisted up, maybe like her arms and and like take it to a ten. Like, yeah, it's a kids movie. Like, yeah understand what you're working with here but she goes no Popeye we're gonna go off and talk together whatever Bluto's getting angry he's getting more and more mad as the oils are like here's a cup of tea Bluto and he takes a sip and then he starts eating the glass a good visual a, a that's visual good. gag yeah, yeah. that's yeah. you know more of that yeah um, but uh, Popeye and Olive Oil are talking about each other Olive Oil was learning about Popeye's background with his father and how he feels he's here and then some vagrant woman comes and leaves a basket switches with olive oil's basket and then disappears into the night yeah very odd there and we get oh rattlesnake 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 dan <laughs> jump into dan's arms oh oh it's a rattlesnake i'm gonna i'm gonna bop it in the kisser <laughs> opens it up it's just this poor baby that's destined to be in this film and i uh maybe if we had grant here he could I, well he... no this as i said this movie would have killed grant <laughs> <laughs> like he, he could fill in what Sweet Pea's canonical origin is, but I I think that's in line with they just you know find him in, in, in the, a bassinet in the yeah. <laughs> so. uh, with a letter pinned to his chest, going I'm falling on hard hard times. I'll return in 25 years when I'm not destitute anymore. Until then, raise him. Okay, and this is this is another I got another problem here. Mm. Um, a script problem. Yeah, they add this whole thing to Popeye that he's very upset about. You know, like like he's longing to see his father because he he was abandoned as as a as a child, and you know his mother had died, and he, you know he wants to see his father again. Mm. And I feel like in a normal movie, him finding Sweet Pea would lead into like, you, you know, I was once an abandoned child. Mm. I'm going to make sure that you have a better life. Like, it would, yeah. like, some, some like, burden to to give, like, you know, because it's, like, motive. the exact same situation. Yeah. But we don't, we don't really get that. We, we get, like, we, we don't, well, we don't get anything. <laughs> so. <laughs> we don't. It, it, it's not, like, like, there's a lot of jokes where it's, like, oh, you gotta be his mother. A- and he's, like, I'll, I'll be the best mother, you know, and then, mm-hmm. but there's no, like, there's no, there, there's no, there's like, no conclusion. Like to this, olive yeah. oil provides like the motherly caring for the baby, and then Popeye seems to be more like I'm gonna raise him to be a sailor. He'll be, I'll take him out on the boat, and he'll get, you know, he'll fight seasickness and storms and blah blah blah. You know, and, and you would think that that would be a chance for like a little role reversal mm-hmm. thing where Popeye is like, oh no, I, yeah. I don't want him to be like me. I got him, you know, I'm gonna take care of this baby, and then. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, no, I don't know. No, I understand. Something. Something. So, at the oil estate, Bluto flips out with the classic song, I'm mean, I'm mean, I'm mean, I'm mean. And Dan goes, that's not his voice. Yeah, that's like, it's Matt Cabrera. Matt Cabrera's <laughs> ADRing that line. <laughs> and 
and he's trash in the house. Olive and Popeye return with the baby in tow, and Bluto literally, literally sees red, which I was like, oh, okay, that's what you're going for in this film. Like, give us more of this. Mm-hmm. Because all the characters are clothed in red for a second, and it's a one-off shot. I understand it's probably expensive to paint this red and give everyone red costuming, but that's the cartoony nature we want to see throughout the film. Not just in one one hundredth of your film right dan oh no dan's making a face oh no 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 oh. no no i agree i uh, agree completely i'm just i'm just imagining like a like a 70s auteur director like yeah spending thousands of dollars or tens of thousands to build a second house that was all, all colored red, red. Yeah. and then For like that shot. that shot isn't used yeah. in the final cut well like, you know that's oh, something <laughs> i would do yes that's what i that's that's the if i had the budget <laughs> This is what I would demand. Perfection. <laughs> You'll never work in this town again. Yeah. I yeah. so it's... And I would want to be in the scene that I'm filming. Yes. <laughs> Leave that camera rolling. I got it. All right. Um, uh, I put down visuals like uh, Bluto's ripped suit and ragdoll effect are good because him and Popeye get in a, fe- uh, in a fight right after. Yeah. Um, there's this creepy, like, I don't know why it fills me with such dread, but when Bluto knocks Popeye, like, there's this creepy ragdoll that's going down the hill in a circle, and it just fills me with such discomfort. I don't know why. And then he pounds Popeye in a spinning motion through the dock into a boat for comic effect. Yeah. But it's unsettling. Well, because it's cartoon things that shouldn't, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't, you shouldn't worry about trying to replicate those in live action. Yeah. You just, you have the sound effects and the cartoon violence. Like, you don't need to bend anyone's bodily proportions, mm-hmm. I don't think. I, But they do it later in the film and it it pays off in the, like, very last moments. Well, yeah, yeah, but the context is, is key yeah. for that. Mm. Uh, here, Dan mentioned that we get our first of two dissolves <laughs> slash PowerPoint <laughs> transitions. Yeah. And they're the only ones. <laughs> they're the only ones in the movie. Mm. The oils are being harshly tasked, taxed. Popeye says tasked. And all their belongings repossessed. Um, and olive oil and Popeye, in their own little world, name the baby Sweepy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because he's found in Sweet Haven and he's my little Sweepy. That's yes. why I do like the gender norms in this family where Popeye's like, uh, he, her is a him. He likes to smoke. <laughs> <laughs> no it's cute yeah all those scenes are are cute they're all those are all you know yeah and uh, popeye wants to help the oil's financial situation by winning a hefty prize from defeating a boxer named oxblood oxheart who is the baby with mama in these other scenes previously he's been peppered throughout and if we're going into the the oxheart scene Mm -hmm. now like this is one of those things where I, i see this set piece coming and it's like it's giving me Waterworld vibes. Yeah. Where it's like they had to build this like multiple yeah, crazy barge cartoon boats yeah. to to, you know just to what end? <laughs> you know. To what this end? Is cinema, Dan. It's gonna to touch the hearts of millions. Yeah. Just bear with me. Give me another million dollars. And then it and then it sinks to the bottom of Loch Ness. And, <laughs> and well it's... that one was a failure, Dan, but my next one will be good. Um, so Popeye wants to get in this fight with Oxblood and, but unfortunately Castor has like this internal monologue first where he sees the poster. He's like, I could be a great hero for this family. I could challenge Oxblood and win my family's honor. So of course, Castor is first into the ring and the Ryan family shows up to (laughs) this fight. Oh God, Castor, Dan, dance in the ring. What's going to happen? Don't get him out. He needs to dance with those feet. They're going to massacre my boy. Oh, <laughs> you know, so. God. 
and uh, Caster noticeably gets uh, kicked into next Tuesday. Like, he gets kicked off screen, but wouldn't you have, like, a calendar, like, a cutaway to a calendar going, like, uh, Friday, yeah. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday circled, right? Like, that's what you do. That's what oh. you do in a, in, a, in a cartoon movie. Like, that's, uh, again, it's just, it, it, it's just, you know, they, there's no reason they couldn't mm. have done that. Yeah. Instead, it's just, like, he gets punched, and then it's, like, the dummy on the, like, the grappling hook gets, like, whoop, <laughs> and then off camera, you know, and it's, I don't know, it's missed opportunities. But Popeye jumps in to defend the family order uh, by changing his costume immediately. He doesn't want to fight uh, Oxblood because his mother is also is, there, like... Yeah, ringside. Yeah. Um, and uh, Oxblood is taking some cheap blows and olive oil, and all, yet again... Too much talking going on in this scene. It's yeah. like, oh, no, what do you know what over there? Give him a left, give him a right. Oh, that's dirty fighting over there. Not a pause. Not a single pause in this film. And it gives me such agita, Dan. No, that's, it, it, it is, there is never a quiet moment. Mm. Like, ever. And we should also note, Bluto is also watching again. <laughs> He's it, always watching. Nothing happens, but he is watching the fight from yeah. a distance, like, like, and you would expect. Him to jump in. Yeah. You know, like, he'll, like, Ox blood is like getting ready for like a wind up for a huge punch, and then Bluto just comes down and pancakes him into the mm-hmm. the boxing ring, and mm-hmm. I don't know some some joke where he like like Bluto rips off his shirt and he's like in the full boxing yeah. clothes. Because Popeye like, does that, yeah, he jumps off screen and on screen into a boxing outfit. Or you do like the cartoon thing, like he rips it off and he's in like a like an orchestra tux. Yeah, oops, yeah, and, and then, then rips does it, it off again. and it's a boxing. And like, hey, I think funny. <laughs> I think we should have been handed this movie instead. I think we would have did it justice. Just saying. Hmm. Just anything. I bet yeah. you didn't wake up this morning and go, I'm gonna give a, a full analysis of the Popeye film today. A scathing. <laughs> this Popeye movie. Well, Popeye wins against Oxblood because he knocks out his own mother. <laughs> and then Popeye is able to fight, winning the olive oils $15 and a 30-day tax exemption. <laughs> yeah, I... Uh, and, and, and that's that's even more complicated than it had like it, it's literally just Bluto broke their house yeah they need money to rebuild the walls of their house that's it just you know mm. whatever all right uh, I, <laughs> you did miss while you were taking notes there is another cartoony moment where Popeye winds up his wrist it's very unsettling mm-hmm. He, like, does this and his whole wrist winds up and then he punches Oxblood out. Yeah. But uh, that happens. The next day, uh, we see that Popeye and Olive Oil are going, growing closer together by nursing Sweet Pea. And they get a duet, which wasn't needed in any way, shape, or form, in a closet. Yeah. Stay with me, sail with me. Sail with me. Yeah. That's the title. Um, we also learn that uh, Olive Oil has been talking to Sweet Pea and realized that... He- He's sort of psychic. He can answer any question, yes, by whistling and knows the outcome to it. Yes. Uh, she asks Sweet Pea, is Popeye going to get maimed? Silence. Is he going to win the fight? Toot toot. Whistle whistle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Wimpy <laughs> is having a dark turn in this film, <laughs> eating his uh, cat shit hamburger or whatever he's putting on that. Oh yeah, the soup burger. It was fucking disgusting. <laughs> it, it was like yellow mustard colored slop on a burger bun, which I'll probably serve Dan tonight <laughs> with this movie. But he's getting some ideas that Sweet Pea is psychic. He has ESPN. 
<laughs> he can predict the future. Yeah. And he goes, let me take the baby for a walk. Humble Popeye and olive oil, as I would do in this scenario. Yes. <laughs> and olive oil and Popeye are like, sure. Olive oil is like, you know, let me walk the baby. That's before I liked you. Before you loved me. Before I cared about you. Oh, Popeye. Which doesn't amount to anything. No. And next scene. Oh, and we also got a uh, Nana oil is in the corner like <gasps> like yeah. like not to anything she's just like in the Nana corner oil reacting. is in her own movie when she's on that boat later spinning to the heavens as i i yeah i don't know i don't know if that's like edited for like i think i should that... have been nana oil and got paid for this because i could have done this in a heartbeat because I, I don't know like again i don't know if in multiple cuts of the movie she was reacting to some zaniness like uh sweet peas they're gonna be rain tomorrow toot toot and then she's like <gasps> But yeah. then the way that the shots go together, she's not, it's not anything, so. Mm. Uh, but we see that Wimpy has brought Sweet Pea to the bordello slash racing hall on the island. <laughs> what was it called? The Rough? The Rough House. The Rough House, okay. Yeah, you're gonna go Rough House. <laughs> yeah. And they're so poor they can't afford real horses, Dan. It's just a tin horse. On li- Yeah, it's like a yeah. horsey machine. The Jersey Shore, <laughs> going down to Kingsboro. Yeah. <laughs> For them. Which seems like it would be very easy to rig. Yeah. Like, well, probably not the best gambling method. But. I feel so bad for these Bordello girls. They're just posed and waiting. And Dan, as he brought up, <laughs> look at the local trade going on. <laughs> it's just wimpy and caster. So. It's, it's very sad clientele. <laughs> just saying. And, you know, Wimpy's win the fortune off of Sweet Pea's earnings. His ESPN. Bluto opens up a small window, looks in, and then closes it again. He's watching. He runs seemingly. the bordello, seemingly, right? Yeah. Yeah. See, well, there is a character named Roughhouse who. I don't know if that. If I, they own the Roughhouse. I, I, so. I It's a continuity error. Uh, <laughs> so. The Ryan family finally puts together two and two. <laughs> rushes off on their magical boat (laughs) but these like this is like a i gotta i gotta i gotta go i gotta go on i gotta do a thing here please do the way that these shots are put together is is wimpy and sweet pea they're betting on the ponies Mm -hmm. you know it's it's like it's a machine it's like that little horse running machine thing Mm -hmm. against like a track and whoever wins random chance whatever like you know they made toys that did that and it was a real thing um but we get again because nothing ever stops like there's no there's always movement there's no and break. talking there's no break we see like you know popeye and the oils on this on this boat going to the the rough house we see every inch of that journey over they're screaming they're like and they're, it's constantly cutting know. it's going cut to wimpy cut to the oil family cut to this cut to that and, and like we know which horse, like, Wimpy is betting on, so you would think, in terms of cartoon physics or whatever, that, like, Wimpy is, you know, he's betting money on the ponies, like, that horse little mechanism is about to win, and then, like, either, you know, Popeye's boat bumps into the roughhouse, or Popeye, like, bursts Burst through the, the door, yeah. and it shakes, and then that horse stalls out, and Wimpy loses. Like, something, yeah. like, oh, you know, or it starts going backwards, or something. Mm. And... And it seems like like every shot, cut, shot is leading up to something like that, but nothing happens. No, like not a thing. If any, like then Olive Oil and Co. come in, they agree with the gambling, <laughs> and, and then and this was this I promise I, this will no, be my keep going. 
Popeye gets his I am song. I am what I am. In response to Olive Oil wanting to use his baby to gamble. Mm. Which is which has nothing to do with Popeye. It has nothing to really do with olive oil or or, or sweet pea or, or any like it's no. no it's not like a character infringing moment. No. It's just like she's like, We'll have fun, we'll use the baby to gamble and then Popeye has his like I am who I like Yeah. It does not lead into no. the I am song. The tonal shift is insane. Yeah. yeah. That Yeah. You you hit the nail. I'm thinking when the rights come to Popeye we got some calls yeah. to make, yeah. Dan, because I think we would do this series far more justice than uh, yeah. this movie did. I I would think so, and we're just a two bystander. But, but even even as to like there there is no, you know, and the songs in this movie are so like minimal that you don't know if it's like oh well we wrote this I am I am song for Popeye we got to put it in the movie somewhere, mm. and it made more sense in the original version. Like someone called him like you're just an old ugly sailor who's set in his ways and on his high horse or something and then you know, high horse you could play that into the gambling yeah. thing and then and then he's like no i'm a good you know then then you get the i am song you get like the 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 reaffirming let it go like you know uh, this is <laughs> the let it go moment like i you know i'm the I'm, want song as yeah. we say in musical theater yeah. like i'm cool with yeah. me yeah but this is literally just, I'm going to use this baby to gamble. <laughs> that's that's it. But I do like that Bluto calls over Wimpy after that. He gets a little come-hither look, and Wimpy gets the heel turn here. like, And Dan goes, Wimpy's taking a real dark turn in this film. He does. <laughs> Again, it's like, I, I Wimpy gets more character shifts than anyone, mm. so. So the next day, uh, you know, Popeye claims sweet pea as his own says i'm not gonna use my baby for gambling uh olive oil needs to learn even though the oil family is like please don't do it popeye and instead of moving into like you know out of town going on his own way he moves to just a random dock in town. yeah like 10 feet away from the yeah. house so. and the tax man shows up he's like oh tax for moving out and popeye goes shut the fuck up and punches him down a, a fucking you know luge yeah, like a boat launching yeah. thing into the into the yeah, and the entire town erupts in applause. Yeah. <laughs> they come out of the woodwork. They're using ill takes, as Dan said, with people tripping over one another. Yeah, yeah, no, you know, they're falling over the set pieces and everything, and it's like, gotta put it in the movie, so. Uh, and Sweet Pea is passed around to everyone, and who do we get? Wimpy, taking yeah. the baby for 20 pieces of silver <laughs> to Bluto. <laughs> Which buys a lot of burgers, so. <laughs> <laughs> Well, turn to ash in his mouth. And you know, Wimpy doesn't get his comeuppance he doesn't. at all. He, he gets off scot-free. He just kind of merges back yeah. in with the cast. No one like, knows <laughs> that Wimpy delivered the baby to Bluto. Sweet Pea knows. <laughs> yeah, Sweet Pea remembers. Up, remember. <laughs> um, so once the baby is stolen, Olive Oil spies on Popeye writing a letter to Sweet Pea. No, the slow motion shot is first. Oh yeah, Sweet Pea! Popeye has like Sweet the... Pea. Like, the, the panic, like, m- moment in, like, a 70s movie where someone gets shot. It's like, sweet pea. <laughs> and Dan like... went, I, I can feel so many times during this film that Dan was like, I want to throw myself out this window. Could I? It, it, it's, it's, it's weirdly out of place, like it, everything it's, else. It's not a good movie. It truly no. is sinister, Dan. Yes. Yeah. Um, but... Olive oil despise on a depre- uh, despise spies on a depressed Popeye. 
and we get a secret actual bop that's used in multiple media and movies. I, I put down that Paul Thomas Anderson uses this in the Adam Sandler joint. Um, uh, oh, fucking... Punch Drunk Love. Punch Drunk Love. And this is featured as the Shelley Duvall song in Shining the Musical, mm-hmm. where they take this and put lyrics to like her in the bathroom talking about Jack. Like, he beats me, he beats me, yeah. he beats me, and it's... It's kind of classic, mm-hmm. but my God, is this an anti-musical number? Because it's just Shelley Duvall spinning around on set, clutching bow- balustrades and banisters, going, yeah. Popeye needs me. Yeah. It, like, this is the one slow moment of the film, too, but it's not slow enough either. It's yeah. supposed to be a ballad, Dan. Arguably, yeah. I mean, this is what I would use to audition. <laughs> And no one would know. I'd be like, I'm saying, I'm singing He Needs Me from Popeye 1980. Oh, oh of course. I haven't heard that before. <laughs> so this is a deep cut, but it's not good. But she confesses her love. She should be out looking for her child, as should Popeye. Mm-hmm. But no one in this town is. And then she stumbles back home and Popeye drops a, a baby bottle in the sea with a letter from him to Sweet Pea. Why yeah. Sweet Pea watches on from Bluto's ship. Yeah. And then there's like another like dissolve where the circle goes around sweet peas head like it, it's like it, it's like an end of movie shot well, it's, it's, it's like the, an old hollywood shot yeah. it's like you know the the pinhole shot into sweet peas head yeah that over the garden wall did better 10 times over yeah <laughs> but, but it's not the end of the movie not, no not, not yet not not near enough dan because we realize that uh who bluto is talking to the next day in a secret cabin <laughs> it's the commodore mm-hmm. none other than poop deck pappy yes uh we see through arms and spinach symbolism that this is none other than popeye's pappy yes and um olive oil is off to daily snooping <laughs> as a wimpy is looking through a telescope olive oil approaches wimpy and goes you're gonna tell me what what you did here from the commodore <laughs> oh, i'm gonna go over there and she sneaks in sees this puts two and two together and goes we need to tell popeye we need to tell everyone and uh meanwhile the commodore is just talking to bluto like i have my treasure this isn't gonna stop that and bluto's like are you gonna pay me sir (laughs) what's going on here yeah and it and this is a very confusing little scene too because it's 20 minutes till the end of the movie yeah and they're trying to reveal this commodore character and raise the stakes and there are no stakes to be raised no and and and, you know like the focus of the movie goes hard into into poop deck pathy like he he like I don't know who this actor is. Like, I said I it should have been George Carlin. Yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, like that would have made sense for the amount of focus that yeah. he gets. But it's like the movie wants you to be like amazed that Poop Deck Pappy is here. Yeah. Like you know, like holy sh. You know, and I and I don't know. He's just sitting there and he's having all this dialogue where he's like playing off himself. Because you can't tell what lines are being ADR'd in via Bluto. Mm. So he'll just be having, like, this this argument with himself, more or less. He'd be like, yeah, I'm gonna find that treasure. I hate kids. I hate kids. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about kids. I hate kids. I had kids once. I don't want to, you know. And What's then, the matter with these kids today? And kids! Then, and then Bluto's, like, mumbling something that's yeah. his input, but they sound the same. Mm. So you can't tell who is, is saying yeah. what. And it, it's just... And Bluto yeah. could easily kill this man. Yes. And he just winds up strapping him to a chair and tying him to the, the fucking support yeah. of the boat. And then taking Sweepy on his own magical mystery cruise. Yes. 
Um, so then Popeye and Wimpy, uh, no, sorry, Olive Oil and Wimpy reveal to Popeye that they made multiple discoveries. Yep. <laughs> First off, Popeye's pappy is the Commodore, who also has Sweepy, and they shoehorn Popeye in there by going, well, I know where he's not on the Commodore's boat. Well, yes. That's where he ain't. That's where I'm going. Reverse psychology. <sighs> Cartoon logic, but not, it, it's played off in a different way. Popeye goes over there along with the entire town backing him up going, you're going to give that Commodore what for, right? And it's just, it's just stressful. It's just like... <laughs> Dan had all, Ajita throughout all, the whole movie. All like as he's walking up to this boat, and you would think that this would be like a little cartoon mo- Like a character like strolling up to confront somebody mm-hmm. and it's always parodying like like old movie scenes where like the town is rallying behind the hero who's gonna go give the bad guy what for and he's like marching up the music's triumphant yeah like they're all like doing fanfare behind him and then bluto like looks and snarls and popeye is like there and then all the towns be like and then like like back away like or but instead popeye is walking up and every single background character is like hey i'm scared of water hey i want to swim hey i'm also scared of water hey same line of dialogue hey do you want to fight him? Hey, I'd help you, but allergies. Like, like, so, like just stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> you know. And Dan's talking to me, not you. <laughs> Dan has taken me by the throat. But that's not where we reach the peak with that just yet. No. That's coming in no. a moment. So Popeye sneaks down to this cabin, and Bluto sneaks up the stairs despite being a very large man with the baby yeah. in tow. And Popeye confronts his father, going, you know, it's me, your son. We have the same squinty eye. We have the same bulgy arms. Oh, no, you're not my son. You're, ne- you're never born my son. Eat that spinach if you want my son. Eat the spinach. Eat it right now. Oh, I hate spinach, right? And yeah. That's the thing where it's like an aversion to spinach. Oh, you must be my son. And then they're kind of father and son, but they're still disgruntled ways, which is like the the Popeye thing. Because I remember having daddy issues watching the cartoon of Popeye being like, they never really see eye to eye to one another. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because of their 30 years separation. But he still kind of loves Popeye in his own way. He's just a distant father figure. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they make amends. I forget if there's another song here or whatever. But Bluto has managed to kidnap Olive Oil, stick her in... And Sweet Pea. And yeah. Sweet Pea, stick her in the tube while the whole town watches on in horror. And then eventually the oils go on Pappy's boat and say we need to pursue Olive Oil and Sweet Pea. And again, it's just in the fucking minutia of this movie, like, you could literally have a scene where Bluto is walking with Sweet Pea, and then, like wimpy or other townspeople like hey there you're not yeah. taking that baby and then bluto like lifts like the dock Look, or and just pushes... looks at them and they like fucking disintegrate yeah, or no, whatever. no 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 yeah. perfect you yeah. do like from left to right <laughs> bluto is walking with sweet pea wimpy and the other townsfolk are walking behind yeah. him and then he like snarls and, and maybe they... they fade out of their clothing and the clothing falls yeah. or something yeah just, or, or yeah or yeah fade out of like, clothing or they go angular until yeah. they're like yeah. out of the shot yeah. and like just something like you know i'm telling you dan popeye comes around again <laughs> i've got a co-director on it <laughs> We got it. Uh, yeah, but it's, uh, if if I had forty million dollars, in today's money, how many Popeyes would this be? So, <laughs> Popeyes fried chicken, maybe. It, it, but no, it's just, there's all these like just missed opportunities for cartoon moments mm. yeah. that are replaced by just people talking. Yeah, yeah, and too much at that. Talking yeah. about nothing. 
talking, not showing. Well, that hits the zenith. Here. Yeah, telling, so. not showing. So we're on this this fucking boat chase. Which this is the part. <laughs> it takes 20 minutes to get to this fucking island. And they're on this boat and everyone's doing their own thing. The oils, Pappy, Popeye. They're all in a different portion of the boat. Spinning, twirling, talking, singing, whatever. And it makes no sense. Yeah, like the 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 premise is that that Bluto has sweet pea and olive oil on his like barge or whatever, and then they take uh, Pappy's like steamboat thing, and he has like he's like Shanghai some of the, you know the main cast mm-hmm. into like making the ship run, but everything wrong with the movie like reaches the the peak here. Yeah, like. The dialogue just does not stop. It's overlapping one another. And it's just shots of of Pappy going like, you know, I don't like me father. Some say they say that kids are just a smaller version of you, but yeah. I don't like me, and I don't want a small me running around because I hate me. And it, it, it's like, and then you show Bluto holding Sweet Pea looks back, and he looks forward again, and then Pappy's like, oh, you know, so uh, something, something, feeding kids vegetables, I don't want to eat vegetables, and then... The characters are running around, like, Wimpy is getting chased by Gevil with, like, uh, like holding a baguette or something, mm-hmm. a- and they're, you know, they're doing, like, the mooring lines and other little ship things in the background, and then him and Popeye have this exchange, and then, and then the cannon. Yeah. They're like, we're gonna, like, they get to, to Scab Island. Scab. And Bluto's ship is docked inside this cove. Um, in case the audience forgot, this is where Pappy's treasure supposedly is, mm-hmm. or the pirate treasure is, and, um, there's this whole thing where the, 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 you know, the steam, Pappy's thing is still out on the ocean, like, we're gonna fire the cannon, we're gonna fire the cannon, and then everyone's, everyone's fucking talking, and the old actor's trying yeah. to get up the, the, the ladder, but he can't. So they gotta do a few more cuts and edits to, to get him up the ladder, get him up on top. Mm-hmm. He's like shouting, ready to use the cannon. You don't know where anyone is because Pappy and Popeye have very similar costumes. Mm-hmm. So you don't know who is next to who or where anyone is. Mm-hmm. But it's like, we're gonna fire. We're gonna fire the cannon. I'm gonna fire a warning shot across the bow. We're gonna fire. And then the, the explosion effect goes off and then it hits the Bluto barge <laughs> or whatever. And like, oh, whoops, I'll do it again. Whoa, you know, and, and that's like... With comedy, it's got to be ones or threes. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to fire a warning shot. And then he shoots it and it sinks the ship in one hit. Mm-hmm. Like, he, it, it knocks the bow off yeah. and sinks like, whoops. Or, or even like explosion. Explode the yeah. ship. Right? Yeah. Make it come. Oh, shoot. <laughs> right? Y- yeah. Or, or you know, one hits the thing. Like, oh, I'll be yeah. more careful. Two and then the third time, like, the cannon gets blown off the deck of the steamship or, like, yeah. something. Mm-hmm. Or, or, or it hits, like, the pelican. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. I don't know. Oh, that would have been funny. Something. <laughs> and, 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 but it, it's just, like, it, it's I, I don't, trying. like, they were reaching this point. It's like, okay, we got this boat to trash. A trash boat. <laughs> this trash boat. And we gotta, we gotta destroy it. Rum ham. <laughs> so... It's just, it, it, it's just, it is the most obnoxious stretch of this movie. Oh, I feel like I gave Dan an aneurysm and I apologize. No, it's, this is what the Sinister Six is. is you keep doing. saying that, but I think we would have been in a different timeline. Future, future. Why we're here. 
Uh, all right, so we're at Scab Island. They finally arrive. Both ships are sunk now. And we see Bluto and Sweepy and Olive Oil are trekking into this cove to find the treasure. Yes. Uh, Olive Oil is in this, I forget what they call it. It's the thing on the boat that like goes perpendicular to the boat, like a horn-shaped thing. Yeah, it's like, like a the... steam or I don't I forget what it's called. Yeah, it's like a, the, one of And the there's a lighthouse sound effect. On this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the steam horn sound effect. <laughs> um but uh, olive oil's just going oh 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 and um uh, Bluto's diving for this treasure a la Xenoblade 2. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and beneath the surface something lurks. That's <laughs> a rare muppet. The saving grace of this film where I felt Dan come alive just for a moment. Yeah, it's <laughs> Brief a, glimmer. It's a big, reasonably scary looking octopus puppet. Yeah. From the Goonies, maybe. Who knows? That I'm assuming is still in Malta. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere. Like, just under that cove or whatever. Because just... they couldn't get it back up. <laughs> so And Popeye, why he treks the oils and company in there with him, challenges Bluto to a final fight. Yes. As Bluto has submerged the or re-emerged the treasure and is ready to open it. Um, and hoisted on a pulley system and leaves Sweepy in a boat and olive oil at sea. Yeah. The two fight. Um, the oils make the fight far more complicated than it needs to be. When Popeye is underwater, he does like that weird periscope thing with his his yeah. pipe, which should have been throughout the whole movie. Yeah, it's instead. a cute it's a good visual. It's yeah. just like they don't they don't do it any other time. Yeah. Oh, and the the David Hasselhoff <laughs> swimming model thing that they do. Maybe inspired by this film? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, but we know now. <laughs> And uh, uh, Popeye is trying to challenge Bluto. He's getting the the tar beat out of again because he's like in a in a um, a life, life preserver, preserver uh, thrown the wrong sword by the oils. There's a swashbuckling sword underwater sword fight. Uh, olive oil is getting felt up by an unseen presence underneath the waves. And baby um, sweet pea, baby sweet pea is um, notably perturbed. Yes, and um, of course Pappy comes there. And it's like, my treasure opens it up and reveals that he was actually a good father all along. He's got, like... Yeah, well, they save Sweet yeah, Pea well, first. Like, he they, does make the moral choice to save Sweet yeah, Pea Yeah, they, they hoist Sweet Pea out of there because the tentacles are coming up. <laughs> and, yeah, and then he opens the box and it's it's uh, it's Popeye's booties. Spinach. Yeah. And other, you know, baby memorabilia. Yeah. <laughs> a rare amiibo, perhaps, <laughs> in there. Uh, but this octopus is getting a little handsy with a hovel and just going, who's touching me? Oh, oh, Popeye, octopus, octopus. And then they we get the term octopussy. Yeah, up. like the James Bond movie. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I guess that was a thing in the 70s that... Well, there's also whole ass a lot. Usually. Yeah. Whole ass, whole ass, yeah. whole ass. Which I, I assume they didn't want kids hearing, but... Uh... Well, you could barely hear it over yeah. everyone's dialogue at the same point. But, um, you know, Popeye challenges Bluto to a fight, getting the snot kicked out of him. He's in a, a, a predicament where Bluto has him in a chokehold and is finally going to kill him. And Pappy goes, eat your spinach. And Popeye's like, no, 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 I don't want my spinach. I don't like spinach. And Bluto goes, hey, you don't like spinach, do you? Yeah. <laughs> I got a treat for you. And very disgustingly, which relates to another movie on my Sinister Six pick of disgustingly eating green things. I'll just throw that out there. Mm. Um, shoves the spinach down Popeye's throat. He goes off screen. The music stops as Dan says. Yeah. It just cuts. Yeah. Like right there. Signifying something immense is about to happen. And then we get this giant yaoi arm biffing. Well, yeah. Literally the goof. Uh, the Not goofy. The Luffy. Yeah. Uh, gear, gear three thing. Yeah. So. 
Biff and Bluto, and the fight is on. And what way do we defeat the sinister octopus by beating the fucking shit out of him? Yeah, he does like a wind-up underwater punch. Yeah, and sends it Isle Delfino style out of the cove and into the sky. But they can't even they they can't like show it. Like no. it's 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 no, like Dan. it's just a it's a little like octopus tiny like rubber thing that they shoot like they composite it into the no because the puppet presumably couldn't express <laughs> things pain and i'm as you know like it looks like the model gets like broke you know when they when they when they do the when robin williams does the punch mm. like because the eye goes in yeah. so it, it's like he broke it and that's the visual gag too yeah like he punches the octopus in the eye and then and then Bluto's, like, stranded on a rock at the end, and then the, the octopus comes up, and he's got the same Popeye yeah, eye, eye, and he's, like, you know, and, and then he, like, tries to smooch Bluto or yeah. something, like, you know. Well, that's gay panic, Dan. We won't get into that. Well, I, I don't know what the octopus is, yeah, but... Maybe it, they're both, like, given the fist. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, I don't And, and... Yeah, and then, like, the octopus is, is, is like... And then Bluto's like, oh, I can't get away from this guy, or... Mm-hmm. I, uh, just, just something. Yeah, just no, something. I, Dan, I'm telling you, when the co-director title falls to us, you'll be the first person I call. <laughs> and with that... Well, uh, Bluto's Bluto, yellow. Bluto's yellow. Oh, look at him. He's yellow, Dan. Ah, ha, ha, scared yellow belly. Um, and then Popeye has his title song. Yep, he's Popeye the Sailor Man. And and it gets cut off really fast. Yeah, straight to credits. I'm sorry to do this to you, Dan. <laughs> I really am. No, but this is the. I am what I am. This is this is the point of the Sinister Six. Is it? It's <laughs> to it's, be depressed because the other two will make you very happy. Well, it's well, we're here to watch bad movies. Yeah. We're we're not here to watch quality products mm. for this segment. So mm. we did not. <laughs> well, we survived, Dan. Any yeah. final thoughts? Any nails in this coffin of Popeye? Well, I I am glad to have finally have seen it. Mm. I mean, it was you know I can check that off the list at least of things never to do again yeah <laughs> i mean it was just it was just it was just a it was a bad movie from my like i i i could see why maybe kids would find it entertaining but to me it it has a like it it lacks a lot of visual mm-hmm. pop and the tone shifts and the lack of music mm-hmm. and and i don't know it there's a lot of mistakes yeah. i think that are holding it back mm-hmm. Which is a shame. Again, it's it's a shame, you know, because yeah. you weren't going to get better casting than this at any stretch, mm. you know. So we can only hope that they would go animated for a future version of this. Yes. So. Yes. Um, I will say, yet again, apologize. Even though this is what it's here for, it was not my primest opening to this segment. There will be better, worse movies, and there will be worse, better movies that we watch. But I will say, this anime was a mistake yes. <laughs> for the first time on this podcast. Yeah. I think, incontrovertibly, in, in we, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta give the award to Popeye, nineteen eighty. <laughs> yeah, not, not even Tales from Earthsea did that. So, <laughs> yeesh, yeesh. Um, well, with that, you can follow us on social media at Anime Was Not a Mistake Pod on Instagram. You can follow me, Jonathan Gwakowski, at Losing My Mind JK on Instagram. Drink and Read JK on the Twitter or my other podcast, including Nightcaps of the Theater, where we took a look at similar bad-ish movies, but were drunk while doing it, which mm-hmm. I think would have helped Dan out just a smidge, but I'm not going to pressure him. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my other other podcast, if War and Peace is your thing by Leo Tolstoy, check out Drink and Read on Anchor, where I read War and Peace halfway through that novel and... Very happy doing so. Not a can of spinach in sight. 
Yeah, and you can follow me at King underscore Danis on Instagram, and as you said, our, our adjacent uh, Anime Was Not a Mistake podcast Instagram account. Um, we can't give a, 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 a direct spoiler, preview yeah. because uh, can't reveal what movies we're doing, but mm. I will be filling the sack on next week's, <laughs> you know, Sinister Six. Mm. Um, and I can promise at the very least that uh, sort of like a starter trio... You know, we got like a we got a mix of things in there. Mm. It's gonna be a mixed bag. It's yeah. just some sci-fi, some horror, some other things. Mm. Uh, a wild excited. card, but no, I no Popeye. I hope. Well, <gasps> the Popeye movie has prompted me to reevaluate what one of the things in the goodie bag will be because I feel the need to step it up. I Uh-oh. feel the need to go deeper. You know, there's there's far worse things you can do to a person. So like oh, no. I like I. I think, you know, I, I, my choices, my original lineup might have been with some kid gloves, so at the very least, one of them might get rotated out, but we'll see. Mm. We, we will see. It's a maybe. Um, mm. but, uh, this was certainly a Sinister Six. Mm. I'm popping and sailing now. Boop, boop. Oh, no. <laughs> What? You survived anime was not a mistake spin-off series? The Sinister Six? Well, there's always next time. (laughs) As you wait with bated breath, remember to rate, review, subscribe, where most podcasts are easily found, including Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, and more. Remember, boils and ghouls, if you enjoyed the hosting by me, Jonathan Kwiatkowski, stand-in Cryptkeeper, and the Igor of my eye, Daniel Ryan, support us on social media. And last, but certainly not least, remember to reach out to us on Anime Was Not a Mistake Pod on Instagram, or follow Anime Was Not a Mistake Podcast on Facebook. This way, we can continue to make our anime-based dreams come true, and your nightmares a reality. Until we meet again, remember to constantly ask yourself, is anime a mistake? We know for certain that any film with the Sinister Six misnomer is destined for depravity.